0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Come Up the Ship Podcast, episode eighty eight. Uh and today is uh I brought back on uh Ellison from Test Depth uh and the uh only on the midwatch podcast. If you're not familiar with that, go check it out. And uh get kind of got linked up with uh, another guy that runs a uh a meme page on instagram called 669 fathoms and it's spelled he's got two uh and he explains why but it's like he has a the primary account is just at 69 fathoms um with an s and then the backup is fathoms with a z Uh, i'm gonna make sure i'm accurate with that real quick but i'll put it in the show notes and uh so that you guys can find uh what he does and understand like kind of who he is but um he's active duty sailor so it's the yeah 69 underscore fathoms and then with the two different spellings but um he reached out to me we started talking and i thought it was i thought it would be interesting to talk to somebody that does that because i mention him a lot like the meme pages Uh, when I'm kind of just saying like, Hey, you want to take the pulse of the, (laughs) the enlisted Navy, go check out these meme pages. And even there's officer run accounts too. Right. And, um, the community based ones, like the reactor is critical. Like there's a, and they're way more than a meme page, but still like there's, you can kind of see what sailors are thinking and what they're upset about or frustrated by, by taking the pulse of all these pages. Um, and he's, he's one of them. And I thought it'd be cool to kind of get his perspective on, why he does that what he gets out of it that kind of thing but then also they're both uh they're both I, I mean i'm not junior sailors like ellison got out as a second class but he's been out for a while and then uh this other guy is a first class that's been around for a bit so it's they're not super junior sailors obviously but i thought it was like some leadership conversations as well with with those types of people as it is harder to get uh, junior people to come on the podcast for some reason, which, you know, if you're interested, hit me up. Don't go to podcast at gmail.com. I'm in like you can DM us on social media as well. But uh, I'd love to talk to a lot more junior enlisted sailors and and people ask for it a lot as well, which I like, I completely understand. It's just like one thing I'm not willing to do is kind of uh, I might do it more when I'm retired, I guess, is, is I don't want to reach out directly to junior sailors. Um, because I don't want them to feel pressure to do it because I'm a master chief kind of like, I don't want it to be weird. I, I understand how that could, that interaction could feel. So I don't want it to feel like it's coerced in any kind of way or anything like that, or they like, feel some kind of pressure that they can't say no. So, um, but if you are out there and you're a listener and you're interested in like your E5 and below, like I'm super interested in having those conversations, um, and you can ask me whatever you want and we'll discuss it. Like there's, there's basically no boundaries. Um, I mean, I guess there might be a few where like just topics that I might not want to touch quite yet, but when I'm retired, that won't be a thing. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I thought the conversation would be fun and it definitely was. And I could, I, I definitely think we're going to do this again. We also discussed having a, uh, like a chief, package review thing, uh, with him as well. Cause he's, he's a board eligible first class. So that's going to be a podcast as well, but, uh, I've talked way more than I normally do on introductions. So, uh, check it out
1: strongly enough that i would have said something to you directly about it and i wouldn't have brought yeah. it up on the air but just since we were kind of talking and i said all yeah. of that to say that like i didn't come here with a laundry list of things that here's my yeah, book, yeah it says <laughs> it says, D it says got one stuff, thing and, it's, and, and it's there's empty. nothing on it it says D got stuff it's <laughs> empty so it's just yeah. if we as we go if i want if, yeah. if there's if we bring up something and i'm like oh let's talk about it. i'll write it you know if i want to bring yeah. it back up but i don't have a lot i don't have a list of I don't mental want health no my good job
0: shit.
2: i don't have, like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, so I click record so we can go ahead and, uh, first, so everybody knows who Ellison is from test depth. Say hi, Ellison. What's going on. And then, so we've got uh bad new mustache is, is, is his call sign today. Uh, it smells like new mustache, but it's really probably just needs to be sanitized. Um, but yeah, just so you're going to, you are the purveyor of 69 fathoms on Instagram. We'll get to that, but just for everybody's context, as we go through talking about all the things we're going to talk about, Tell everybody, like you know, what you want to share about as far as like your history in the Navy and experience and whatever, so they know who's talking.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm, um, uh, I mean, without giving away too much, um, you know, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I'm a, I, I'm a submariner, a uh, fishwear. I'm an LPO um, right now at sea. And I've done a couple boats, um, done some shore stuff. I, you could tell if you dig through the memes that I've made that I'm a diver, you know, that's, you can't really hide that. I make stuff yeah. about that. I make stuff about, um, uh, or what was I gonna say? The um, Oh yeah. Um, uh, being an IT, I'm an IT. I've made stuff about, instru- I've done an instructor tour. So like, you know, I've yeah. been talked about that. Uh, you know, Ellis and I talked about that. So that's kind of out in the open. So I've done a little bit of, of everything. Um, as far as like sea tour stuffs go, I've held pretty much every collateral duty that you can have. Um, you know, and, uh, I've done fast boat, I've done, you know, I've done multiple platforms on submarines and stuff. So, you know, senior rate qualified, supervisory watch qualified, all that kind of stuff.
0: So that's where I'm coming from. Awesome. So, so I'm (laughs) curious, we talked a little bit about it, so I kind of know, but I'm curious as to like, what, like how did you get started with the 69 fathoms thing? Cause like I follow a ton of those meme accounts and it's shockingly like accurate as far as like, if you want to take the pulse of the junior list of the Navy, just go follow all those meme pages. And it's like, you're going to find out what they're pissed off about real quick. But like the Facebook ones and the Instagram ones are the ones that I, I pay attention to And there, there might be other stuff that I'm unaware of, but like, how did you get into doing what you're doing? And like, what's kind of, what's the point? Where is it going? And, and, what do you get out of it? Which you, you mentioned a little bit earlier.
1: Okay. Uh, Ellison and I just talked about this last night actually, but, uh, we, uh, you know, I started making memes on, on deployments, like, and I had this super, you know, backward, back, backwards way that I would make them. I would take memes that I already had on my phone and kind of make them into new memes. And they were like inside jokes about stuff that was going on right then, you know, during the deployment stuff. And it was just an outlet, you know? And, and it was like, you know, the page started as just an idea of it was way later than that i started putting memes on i made an account i could start posting these memes the ones that were Mm -hmm. generic enough that i thought people might like and then um and kind of like you said the stuff that resonates with people starting to get that engagement of you know people saying reacting to the stuff that i'm putting out there it kind of is validating because that stuff a lot of what i'm posting kind of comes out of my own experience and some of that's good and some of that's bad. So like when I post yeah. something because it's something I'm frustrated about or whatever, and then like people come and comment and they send me messages and stuff about it. It's like, Oh mm-hmm. cool. Like I'm not the only one that kind of saw it like that. So, right. and it's like, you know, it could be big Navy issues or submarine issues, or we talked about mental health and we, you know, whatever, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of how it started was, uh, was like that. And now the page is what it is now. And, um, the nice part about it is you talked about it on, I've heard you talk about it several times about Uh, on, on your podcast with not having a name and a face attached to it, you know, just being the page and not being, Mm. you know, me and putting my name and face on it means that I have the license to say a lot more. So it's kind of cool because I, you know, this is I I, I post a lot of stuff on the page and some of it's kind of funny and some of it's off the cuff and some of it's, you know, probably inappropriate. If you were, you know, I wouldn't say it in uniform. I wouldn't say that (laughs) stuff as me. I wouldn't say it on social media, but it gives me an outlet to say that stuff. And when you go in and see that people like and comment on it, you know that I'm not the only one. So it's it's just a cool, it's a cool thing that we have going now.
0: Yeah. And that's interesting too, because like I was talking to, I think I was talking offline to somebody and it was about the idea of like people going on social media and and expressing their opinions on things and somebody was doing it and I think they were making YouTube videos or something and it was like leadership stuff and they got told that they were like not like it's not something they should be doing which is hilarious because some clearly people aren't paying attention to me for some reason which it's like I know they are like I Paul Kingsbury is a uh, retired fleet that, uh, you know, he did the foundations episode where he's been on the podcast a bunch of times. And, uh, he's text he's like texted the podcast to like the active duty fleet mash like probably half a dozen times. And so like, I know they're aware of it. <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. and sometimes like I'm it's, it's happened a few times where, um, the, it's like the, I've gotten contacted by some of the people and, um, then, I mean, it's he's done it over time, so some of those people probably aren't still, like, the person in that job. But it's, like, it's weird to me that that anybody really is that concerned about it. Because I was talking about the uh, the podcast that's going to come out this coming Monday. It was uh, Permission to Speak Freely, guys, if you're aware of that. Uh, if not, check it out. It's a good podcast. But it's a couple of chiefs that... Um, they do, it's not all leadership stuff. It's kind of just a dialogue. Um, they talk about like current events and some history stuff and I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, they're funny, dude. It was a super fun podcast, but like they were talking about the same thing. Like, cause I asked them cause they're facing names on it. They put stuff on YouTube and I'm like, how's that? Like, do you guys ever get like people walking up to you and, and asking you like, why do you feel that way? Or like, have you ever had like chain of command get a hold of you about it? And, say like what are you guys doing and they had one encounter at their command where they like knew about it but it wasn't a huge deal it was just like some department head felt slighted because they said something about department heads but like i think it's interesting that like it takes that anonymity for you to be able to say those things because a lot of those things resonate with the people that are interacting with your page because they're valid (laughs) and it's like
2: god forbid you're called out on an open forum
0: (laughs) right and that's what's so weird to me is like um i was watching maybe it was a podcast or a documentary or something. I've watched a bunch of JFK stuff recently, and they were talking about how he's like the last president that took accountability for anything like, like just said like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the person that has to take accountability for this stuff. And it was when the Bay of Pigs happened. He's like, I'm the accountable person. It was, I, it's, it's on me. And he just completely owned it. Um, and yeah, man, like I, it's, I don't understand how that could be perceived as bad. Like it was it was something that got brought up and brought up in the wake of like leaving Afghanistan, where it's like if you if there were mistakes made, why can't people just say, yeah, there were mistakes made. And I own that like Jocko made a whole video about it, like about about that topic, like if I was president and it's like it's interesting to see
1: that difference, because like in the military, that's how it works. When yeah. something goes wrong and it's not, you know, that's, that's always the person it's, it's the, you know, that top echelon leader is o- is always the one that's, that steps right. up and takes that responsibility. Even if, you know, like you, all the, the groundings and all that stuff, it's always the COs yeah. and, you know, despite that, it, you know, they might not have even been the CDO at the time or whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that ends up kind of falling under the well, you created this culture and climate that contributed yeah. to whatever. But, you know, at the same time, they, that's kind of the expectation is that they, they are they are the one that steps up and takes that the fall for that. And we see, I mean, I love seeing that in leaders at the enlisted level of, and leaders that are willing to jump in head first no matter what yeah. it is that happened or who did it or whether they ha- they knew about it or had a part in it and say, that's like, that's my responsibility. My responsibility is to step in here and say like, this is my, like, this is my thing. I'm going to take responsibility. For I that.
2: think, I think the like unique thing about, you know, a meme page or just anonymity in general, as far as like talking about uh, topics that we all, we're all concerned with is um, you don't know who's saying it. So you don't have to like worry about a stigma associated with the, you know, the, identi- the identity of the, of the person saying it, right? You can just right. like look at the information and everyone gets to sit there, and take stock, no matter, uh, you know, if we're talking about military rank, no matter who the rank is, no matter yeah. the demographic, no matter the gender or whatever, you get to sit there and take stock on how that relates to you. And it's like really one of those things where it challenges you for a second to be like, okay, where am I in this situation or the scenario right. that this meme or whatever is painting, Um, Right. How do I stack up against it? And that's like not that's not a bad thing. Like people like being forced to look at the shit that you have going on with you in the mirror is never bad, man. It's never bad to just sit there and do a maintenance check on yourself real quick and figure out how you're stacking up. Like, dude, why wouldn't you want to know? Right. (laughs) So. That's, well, I, also I, and I brought this up yeah. the other
1: night talking about it too. And like, one of the things that's cool is that not having a name and a face for the page. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's not, I'm not posting things as me is I'm not necessarily, it's not like I'm sitting here poking fun at everybody else. Like I'm not part of it too. Right. You know. And as soon as I put, if, if I was to put my personal name and stuff on the page, all that's gonna, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, it's easy to come on and talk about leadership and stuff from the, the, where I'm at, because I don't, I don't have to worry about people coming in that know me you know, knowing who the who runs the page and stuff and going in and I have something to say about leadership and all of a sudden they want to dig through my whole record and all this stuff and pull up stuff and say, Oh, well here. And that's kind of how discourse works nowadays is as soon as somebody has something to say valid as it may be, you got people coming out of the woodwork, like yeah. talking about Reddit. And the what internet. did you say like, in
0: 1983?
1: Like, right, and what? it's like it's the cancel the cancel culture thing. So like, yeah, just because I post a meme doesn't mean that I'm not making fun of myself too. I'm not sitting here yeah. saying I'm perfect and you guys are messed up and I'm making fun of y'all. Like i will right. probably like, right
0: there with you. In a week, you're going to realize IPs. this this mustache was a horrible mistake and you're going to shave it off. And it's like you're allowed to learn from and your mistakes. dude. you're, in you're a allowed week to I'll be like you
1: a, I'll send you a picture and we'll see what's on we'll it. Yeah, but that's yeah, <laughs> it's like the progress picture. <laughs>
0: The, the idea I'm that post uh, pictures of my mouth of just, so the my, yeah, what just it is. straight yeah
3: <laughs> yeah the, um, with a mustache.
0: You know? yeah yeah then they're gonna be like he's a cis white male well now we know <laughs> um yeah so the uh the idea of the anonymity though like because i like what Alice was saying about like i post all the stuff on reddit right like i posted the chief video that you that you commented on um on Reddit. And dude, within five seconds of my, and I'm not exaggerating. Like I was still like, I had just closed the screen out. I posted it on Reddit and somebody immediately commented, step one, be fat. <laughs> I was like, the comedic Damn. timing of this comment was outstanding. Otherwise that it didn't really add true. much value. Like I got a good laugh out of it. Instagram
1: comment. There was an Instagram comment too that was like, and it's, it's the whole step one, be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. sure. That happens, but right. that's not all of it. You know that's not all of it. Yeah, you can't. And I, at, you can't look at one guy because sure, yeah, you probably know one or two guys that were, yeah, that that's probably legit. One, you know, you, you've seen mm-hmm. a couple right place, right time Chiefs that make yeah. it. Yeah, but you can't look at those two guys and say that that's how the whole thing works now, right. and that's, this is this is right. why I'm going to quit trying. Like right, that's, that's, and that's, a, that's that's not a good attitude to have. About
0: that's him. what I felt when I read it but then it's, I and I responded to them and they said like yeah maybe I'm just being jaded like they're like a lot of the people that comment it's like they kind of understand that I'm gonna be cool about it but also like I'm probably gonna respond to them and be like hey like chill uh, are you stop raising your hand I'm <laughs> right. hold on I just <laughs> I, I, I... but yeah like the the comments that come through it's like it's part of it is like I I knew oh, I was hundred percent sure when I posted a video that said how to make chief on Reddit I was gonna get but I thought it was gonna be way worse dude I thought there was gonna be a hundred comments and I was gonna be trending like I thought for sure I was gonna get annihilated and I didn't I only I mean it only had like five comments on it probably I
2: won't I'll won't um, make a comment about what my brain immediately imagined when you said <laughs> but what? That's okay. That's for that's for my podcast. it's Uh, a little bit more. it's a little bit more. Saving
0: saving that one for later. Yeah. No. They. But when I do stuff like that, though, it's like I do it knowingly. Like as I was creating the post, I'm like, "This is going to be fun. Like, buckle up, kids." Yeah. And it's like I know what I'm going to get from it, and I I think that what's nice about Reddit is the anonymity piece. Like, I get. This unfiltered brute force feedback. And it's like sometimes, like I was saying earlier, it's it's difficult to like sift through what's just somebody trolling me because they don't like they're jaded and bitter and angry and they hate Chiefs. Like, dude, I get it. I used to be that guy. I used to hate like I understand. Mm. But then I'm trying to sift through that and see like what what's the good feedback, like what can I pull from that? Like David Goggins has this whole thing about like when people are destroying you on social media or judging you or whatever. What was that noise? You know, like David Goggins? We'll get to it in a second. But he had this thing where he was talking about when he was trying to break the pull-up world record. Um, people were just like making fun of him when he posted videos because he was doing pull-ups wrong and his form sucked and he's too big and all this crap. And the they were just trolling him.
2: on their asses at home. Right, right. Overweight.
0: <laughs> but they were all trolling him. And But what he did was like he saw a bunch of trends in the comments that were like saying his grip was wrong. So then he looked into it and he, uh, his grip was wrong. And then he fixed it. And then he, so he like went through all this negative feedback and sifted out the nuggets of like goodness and, and made himself better because of it. And so that's yeah. kind of what I try to do with that. It's well, just like, and it, there's a ton of super positive stuff on Reddit. It's not like I'm just getting negative stuff, but I think the anonymity piece, it's like, it's a really, that, like that's a scary mirror to stand in front of, like posting that stuff on Reddit, like knowing that I'm posting that video. This is how to make chief. It, it it. It's almost like post and roast me. You know what I mean? Like I already know what's about yeah. to happen. And, and like, but at the same time, it's like I know there's a bunch of pe- re- like there's a bunch of people on Reddit that benefit from that content. Otherwise, the video, like, I mean, that was the most viewed YouTube video I've posted. Besides, like, I posted the Chiefs package one like four years ago, and it's got like eight thousand views. But the, I think
2: I think that's like what what's important. So people about needed your- it. Yeah, I think that's what's important about what you're doing, though, is like you're yeah. like you like for for all of the content that I've seen you put out. You've always taken an approach of taking an approach of um like, I don't know, just just real. Right. Like just, hey, I recognize the chief's mess is. Fucked yeah. Up. Or sorry. It's all good, man. Footnotes. You thought to be me, too. He thought it was going to be me. Footnotes. I, yeah. I already
0: dropped the foot. I, I'm catching them all. Go ahead. It's fine.
2: OK, um, <laughs> you know. I like I like that you take that approach of like, I recognize that the Chiefs mess has some issues and that there's a lot of leadership pit, pitfalls um, yeah. in in our community. Uh, and you call them out. Like, and that's what people people respect that. And people, you know, recognize when someone's genuinely uh, concerned with something, when they're able to be real about it and, and admit, you know, the flaws in something. And that's what like is good about Reddit too, regardless of what, like Reddit to me is like when you're on the boat and cruise mess and you've got... <laughs> coners and nukes mixed in the same spot yeah right yeah and they're just sitting there on christmas for for what, just what destroying this? each other yeah yeah they're calling you that's know they're you calling everyone out i'm like hey man wake the heck up what are you doing yeah. just watching game of thrones for 16 hours and you're like yeah. well yeah i am watching games you know like it's a yeah. place where it's, it's just real yeah. and Some of uh, us don't uh, and get that's good pay. though it's <laughs> Some of us don't. There's uh, this ET so.
0: senior chief on my last boat that loved that. Was like, if you wanted to spin this dude up, 100% chance, if you said, Well, that's why you get pro pay, he would just
3: and like, Oh, yeah, and
0: it's like, that's, dude, that's, we're just saying it because it makes you mad. Like, have you not? That's the one thing you gotta puzzle? learn
2: rule 101. like Submarine 101 is Don't let anybody know Don't show weakness something that you. you
1: can't show them What your button <laughs> is. is As yeah. soon as yeah. you show somebody What your button is Like yep. yeah, This is what happens yep. I get, used to mushed. I used
2: to do that To like my family While I was in And I didn't realize That I was taking <sighs> that crap Out of the Out of the submarine yeah, off the like, boat, I would yeah. see something That bothered, bothered them And I would just like Press it Press it no, Yeah no. Like yeah This is going <laughs> later <laughs> I'll yeah. save yeah. this for I mean, Thanksgiving And
0: I'll just I've gone too far With my wife A handful of times I don't really do it anymore But like Oh, yeah. When we first started dating, I was, I was, I had to like, I, we had, I remember us. I, I'm pretty sure she'd remember having a conversation about like, I'm like, you're not on the boat. Like, and I'm, I'm not, not a guy on oh, the yeah, boat. I'm yeah. not a guy exactly. on the boat. I've yeah. heard that several times. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not your, I'm not your boat friend. I'm not your yeah. boat friend. <laughs> Stop like, talking uh, to me like
2: that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think that's good I, you, with what you got going on. So
0: yeah. Do you get a lot? So on the meme page, um, do you get a lot of, um, do you ever get any like pushback out of, ever? Like, because I imagine your, most of your engagement is people that are just like laughing at the memes and like interacting and saying like I, they identify with it. But like, do you, have you ever gotten anybody trying to like figure out who you are or like try to explain to you, like trying to explain to you why you shouldn't be doing it or something like that?
1: No, I haven't had any of that. I've definitely had where I share stuff that, so like one thing that we do is uh, I do sea uh, stories on Saturdays. I try to I try okay. to do it every Saturday when I think about it, but I post a sea story every Saturday and then I put it in my story and then I make I have a whole highlight on the page of sea stories. So you can just click on it and just go through all the sea stories I've ever done for Saturday. Okay. And obviously they're my sea stories. So I've had people that recognize not necessarily who the story's coming from, but they're like, that sounds like my boat. Or yeah, I yeah. think I know where this was. And I have a lot of people reach out and say, like, who are you? And then I just, you know, what am I going to say? I just troll them. I say something silly back yeah. to them. You know, because I'm like, I'm, I can't tell you who I am. But yeah, I, it's almost yeah, always somebody that I recognize. I might not right. I might not be, you know, somebody that I know personally. But I'm like, I know. you know, it's a small world. Yeah, but I've never had anybody... Sure. And that's part of the whole thing is if I, if people were to find out who I am, like all the stuff I make, you know, I make memes that make fun of chiefs that I make, you know, I, it's all that, but it's all in fun. And the thing is, if, if I was to all the people that are kind of like laughing along or like, ha ha ha, if they were to find out who I am, some of those people probably would just turn around and say, and just start reporting me or, or try to shut me down. Huh. It's, it's only funny until, you know, until you know they I know am, and yeah. all of a sudden they're like, yeah. So, stupid. you know, but, I, you know, that's just speculative. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, sure. Nobody's ever tried fair. to, like, shut me down. I had a, I, I had this other meme page that was, like, stealing stuff from me and posting yeah. it without crediting me at all, and, which I thought yeah. was a super scammy thing to do because like, it's, like, a veteran meme page. So I was like, yeah. if you're in the military, you know, if you're a veteran and I'm a veteran, I'm obviously a veteran meme page, why not, Why not like, credit my stuff? Because yeah. he had way more followers than i did and i was like yeah. why wouldn't because i there's a lot of other meme pages that are super good guys from all different branches and right me, like they, those guys have shared my stuff and helped get you know me attention and, and stuff right. like that and it's like but then you get a guy like that who's just stealing my stuff and not crediting or whatever and it's like and so then i we had this big thing where i just really was mean to him <laughs> uh, posting about him over and over because yeah. he, he like he got really nasty with me and then blocked me so I just started kind of more or less hazing him in my story like, <laughs> over and over and over for 24 hours so he finally unblocked me and now all of a, now all of a sudden he started like reporting all my stuff and uh, that's so and then it got childish. me like kind of b- banned a couple times where I couldn't yeah. post for a few days at a time so that but that's as far as it's gone
0: that's <clears> so <throat> gross we should brute force hack his page and just like shut him down. I do also
1: understand though that there's a line. (laughs) You know, like I know where the and I talk about this with other meme pages that their line is different than mine. And we'll talk to each other offline about stuff Mm. and they'll show me things and I'll be like, I wish I could say that here. You know, and okay. it's like really, it's stuff that I yeah. I'll admit it's funny, and I'll admit in private yeah. it's funny, but right. even I can't share that stuff because I, I don't saw one today, know. and
0: I'll, I'll tell you guys later if I remember, but I saw one today that was brutal, and I was just like, it, like I, I know get what, the I know joke when you're talking about, I are, loved it. I I, I get the it. joke, I and it. I I'm not gonna say I didn't laugh. Send it to. But me. also, well, was it the one
1: that was said? Here's what Chiefs wear. Here's what chief wears. Here's the tools he knows how to use
0: yes but it was (laughs) it was different I love him I love that dude dude. yeah and there was there was the one and that's the I commented on it from the apparel page because the one the stuff chiefs the the stuff chief wears or whatever there was another one that they posted in that same vein I know I know that's the one that I was like holy but like the the chief one I used to wear those sunglasses and I was like I feel attacked yeah for sure but it was yeah, funny. Sure. Like it's, yeah, that. And you know that. what's
1: funny is like, you know, you saw the other one he posted and somebody, I put yeah, it in my story Jesus. and then somebody, one of my, one of my friends kind of commented it back in, into my inbox mm. and said something about, yeah, like, the chief's quarters is all you know the chief's quarters power strip is all CPAP machines and then the, you know the <laughs> other the other birthing is the other birthing's power strip is all you know and that's i was so like that's so true and I
2: though just, i like, was snorting dude it's a bunch of that's
0: recharging and <laughs> cruise i have a story yeah <laughs> The cheese was Power but There's you gotta, you a, know, there's a meme there, there somewhere. You should make one so, about the Power strip and CPAPs. That's hilarious because it's true. And a part of it, though, too, is I think
1: that I've gotten to a point now at the page where in the beginning I was willing to say a lot more uh, kind of, I guess, uh, I was willing to go a lot farther in the beginning. And now I kind of understand that there are a lot of subschoolers and yeah. people like that that follow the page. And so it's it's kind of a balance of like, kind of stand true to the whole point of it, which is for mm-hmm. me, it's kind of just a, it's a, it's a thing for me, you know, it's not yeah. like anybody else for me, but at the same time, I do kind of have a responsibility now to not go yeah. so crazy that it, it creates this negative <clears throat> image of the page that, you know, yeah. it isn't, it yeah. isn't good fun. So I kind of try to space, I'll, I will go hard, but I'll try to space that stuff out so that it's not like I'm just, yeah, this constant negative energy in the community, you know?
0: That's cool. Um, because yeah see i just got a reddit comment that says don't forget your most important prereqs: be divorced and have at least one dui for the how to make a video <laughs>
3: amen,
0: it's like amen, and that that's Navy like loves a reformed sailor that's dude that. i get it like ha 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 and i'm like dude i'm fine <laughs> with the jokes obviously but like because i like Allison was saying earlier like i feel like i go pretty hard there is a line mm. for me where it's like so the obviously the professionalism piece but like there's this thing where like, I have self-imposed limits. One of them is the face and name thing. Even though I'm recording this video right now, it'll be for after I retire. Like I'm not going to release any YouTube videos with my face until I'm retired. But, and part of that is just like a comfort level with like, like I don't care if people know it's me. And there's a lot of people, like I've had buddies that, that listen and immediately recognize my voice and texted me like, dude, do you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, how'd you figure that out? <laughs> um, but I, I don't, I don't tell anyone, like I don't go out of my way to tell anyone. I don't tell like the chiefs that even that I know personally, like the only chiefs locally that know are, is the dude um, from the, uh, the idiot friends podcast. That dude's a, he's a surface guy. He's local because of uh, he works at a repair place, like a repair facility, Naval repair facility. And um, he's just happens to be local. And so we hooked up and he like, so I installed a second mic in my, in my office and, um, we record a podcast locally, but he's like the only guy locally. Well, that IDC too. I've told the oh, call.
1: I listened to that. Yeah, I listened to yeah, that yeah. one because I remember you bringing up that point of like you were saying first ever. Yeah,
0: it's weird, but uh, yeah, I set up a second boom arm mic and stuff in here um, for that reason because I t- and I've started relaxing a little bit where like I'm telling more people, but like only a handful just to kind of see how they react and um. Like, I want to tell my CMC, but cause he's a really good dude and like somebody I, I like look up to and I still haven't. And he's on his way out the door too. Like he's transferring in like a week. And I feel like, I like maybe I'll just tell him now when he's on his way out the door and then like, I just want to but let you
2: know, CMC I'm Spider-Man. Yeah, I
0: know. Right. I, we just watched that last night. Me and my wife, I was trying to get oh, her so caught cool. up, but yeah, the, we, uh, we <laughs> were just
1: talking about this last night. I'm
0: Batman. <laughs> um, Yeah. It's weird. Like I, so that I, I don't and, and will eventually, but the, I don't know. I was more talking about the, uh, I kind of got off track a little bit. I was more talking about the, the, uh, the line of, of what I'm willing to do. Cause like, I think when I retire, I will start to get a little more extreme on certain things. Cause there are things that, I feel like somebody should be standing on a soapbox about, but while I'm active duty, I don't feel like it's appropriate. You know what I mean? Like, like one of the examples I've given is um, like, I want to interview Mick Pond Giordano. I want to find out what happened there. I want to know if he learned a- any leadership lessons and see and I don't even know if he'd be willing to talk, but I know some people that can ask. I like um, what you guys
1: had to say about that. in your Ask the chief episode, by the way, what you guys are uh, yeah. talking, talking about Nick Ponds and Giordano and stuff.
0: Yeah. I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't even cause I, I don't feel like even with the investigation sort of substantiating some of the stuff, like I don't know if we even really got a great picture painted for us of like what happens. So like I, yeah, I'd like to have that conversation. I don't know if how willing he'll be to have that conversation, but you know, I'm going to try and there's some other stuff that I want to do. That's probably like, I probably wouldn't have done, um, like I probably wouldn't do on active duty like captain Crozier. Like if I can hunt that dude down and he'll do it, I'm in the guy, the crazy Marine dude that got fired that like that guy, like people like that, that are, are willing to like go out on their shield. Like I want to talk, I want to know what makes that person tick. And I want to have that conversation and kind of find out like some of the, and even like when I did the one, I mentioned the one with, uh, the chief DiRienzo, the she was like the TikTok chief, but like she's super awesome, and I'm a big fan of hers. Um, I don't spend much time on TikTok, but like as a human being, I'm a big fan of hers. But like that was one that I was. Yeah, a think little we're w- technically not supposed to. Well, I don't. It's I don't know. <laughs> I that get it's, all my
1: TikTok from Instagram, so it's great because you yeah. go on TikTok <laughs> and there's so much crap, and I yeah. follow like a half dozen Instagram accounts that show me all the things that I ever want to see from TikTok. And right,
2: like yeah. all the cringy I,
1: stuff. That's really have all you, I care about.
2: Have you ever accidentally fallen into a TikTok wormhole where, like, you you see one thing about a certain category and then TikTok sends all of just that Uh-oh. to you? Like, I, so I've never back to, back to back.
0: I downloaded TikTok. Don't arrest me for like five seconds just so I could look at uh, Christina's stuff when all that whole thing happened because Yeah, you talked about that. There was a bunch of context that no one was right. aware of that where she was doing like leadership stuff. But um, that was one that I thought might get me in trouble. And then once I talked to her, then I was like, oh, never mind. Because like the, everybody was aware and yeah. she like nothing. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. Um, But yeah, like and, and it's like, I'll, I think I will go a lot harder when I'm retired on certain things. But I think there will always be a line where it's like, like, I'll call well, stuff out a lot more vocally, I think. Um, and in a lot blunter terms. But like, yeah, I think there will always be. I think
1: the line's kind of different I, I, for everybody. Like, Ellis and I talked yeah. about last night about his show versus yours and like, right. just the differences of what things you know, you guys can each say on each without, you know, cause you have your own viewership. It's different. Like, you know, the people, True. it's not necessarily all the same people. And like, you know, it's just, it's not that one's better or worse, but they're different. Just and different. Same yeah. thing for me. Like I, I'm not, a lot of mean pages will go a lot farther than I will. I just kind of feel like I have a line that I know yeah. where I'm comfortable at.
2: I for think, sure. I think that's, uh. I, d- I definitely agree. And I think, though, that it, it's kind of it changes with, you know, based on based on your your influence or your reach too. you know, like it's it's kind of like, you know, no one's saying that we're sitting here with like so many followers or whatever. But, you know, the one thing that I like with Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle knows that his, yeah. his reach is very, very large. Right. Right. But he he in that same fashion is like trying to address very candidly certain topics that are like controversial. But right. do it in a way that's very like surgical, uh, yeah. but also comedic. But like if right. you if you if you're someone that likes to listen to people talk and like likes a good story, like you can see how much care he put into right. like, arranging the way he delivers the messages that he's trying to deliver. And that comes with yeah. people who are like, I personally think good leaders, good talkers, you know, or good communicators. And and uh, and your audience and like where your line is, like it's all kind of just you know got to know your audience and uh and i think though that we kind of do get spun up on that a little bit i think it's kind of important sometimes to kind of shock your normal audience a little bit with some stuff that'll keep them on their toes and be like hey man i know we're yeah. doing this but also recognize that we're all human um yeah and i'm not sitting here you know like for example like though though i'm you know master chief or whatever at the same take at the same time i come home and you know take off my boots just like you do you know right so,
0: right but that's the thing that like, and he was, he was, kind of alluding to it. Is like, that's the thing that makes me a little nervous about going, going in certain directions sometimes is that like, cause I talk about it on the podcast. It's like, while I'm on active duty, I represent the chiefs mess. And like, you could argue to an extent when I retire, I'm still going to, but mm. once I'm retired, I think I'm relieved of certain responsibilities. Not all of them. Definitely. Like, I don't think it ever goes away, but anyway that's another tangent but while i'm on active duty the things that i say on the podcast could like make other chiefs jobs more difficult you know what i mean like if i if i start
2: you have a responsibility
0: right if i start like attacking certain things or certain people or certain concepts in a way that i may want to personally it's like i still represent this organization and i do so voluntarily and as a as a result and of, of the promotions and everything else. Like I, I'm part of it. I know I'm part of it. I'm part of it willingly. So it's like, while I'm here, there's certain responsibilities that I just
2: like, I, well, I, there's I, I just things I can't
0: do or say or whatever.
2: That's like a leadership aspect in and of itself, right? It's like recognizing yeah. the power or the reach or the influence that you have. And, and, yeah. you know, that happens for all of us. Like you have to recognize at some point, if you hold the attention or hold the influence over so many people and you're a part of a certain organization, you have a responsibility to so many different things at that point and you need to be able to be a good enough. Uh, you know, if, it, if we're, even if we're not talking about leader, I, I personally do think it falls in that realm, but you have to you have to be um, you know, responsible and just think about the actions. That it, it's just being a, a good, productive citizen and being a, a good, yeah. friendly neighbor. Thinking about the the consequences that your actions have. So, and the things you say, because um, it all matters. Yeah, I immediately you know? thought of um,
0: Mr. Rogers when he said that. I don't know why. I was <laughs> thinking about the
1: how they, I don't know if you saw this, but like John Rennie posted this morning in his Instagram mm-hmm. story, a, a really, you know, like a daily, you know, his little daily thing about. Yeah. Today he was talking about how like every people, when you're a leader, people are always watching you. Yeah, You know, they see everything you do. They see, if, they see when you leave work early, they see, you know, they see everything you do, they, they're watching. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's like, and you know, that, that thing applies to like the thing we were talking about, Master Chief Giordano or, Cop, or uh, yeah. or, like you take all these years of potent, you know, I don't, and I don't know, I'd have to go back and study, you know, about, you know, what his career was like and what all things he needed, but I would assume to get to that level that he had to have contributed a lot to the Navy. And then you take all yeah, of sure. that. All of that accomplishment and all of that contribution and whatever of it was good and whatever it was bad, all of the good, however much of it there was, you take and that one thing that happens, mm-hmm. you take and uh, and wipe all of that off the yep. slate.
3: Nobody's yep. gonna remember <laughs> that
1: anymore. None of that is none of that has any value anymore. You know, right. and in, in the public forum, especially right. on the internet. So, right. you know, it's like you're always being watched and all it takes is that one thing that you yep. do, or it's like, everybody's going to take everything else that you did and say,
2: Oh I don't forget all about that. You know?
0: Yeah. And, but it, I guess it depends on the con, like it depends on what it is. And cause like that for, in his case, in Giordano's case, he got convicted in the court of public opinion. And yeah, I think outside of people that know him and may think differently based on their judgment of their experience with like with him interacting, however they did. Um, I don't think there's much he can do to like recover from that but then I, alternatively like when I talked to uh, Chief Dorianzo, like she's on the other side of it now to a point where she like I think she's better because of it I think like the people in her direct orbit realize that she's better because of it she got had a lot of like I mean it, it really quickly clarifies like who's really there for you and who's just like immediately gonna like uh, you when something like that happens, and then, um, it kind of like I think I think she learned a lot from it. Like I think she got a lot of leadership lessons. Like in a way that you're very seldom going to. Like that's that was like she was getting like. Ma- Did you listen to that episode? She was getting like death threats and like messages yeah, to kill imma- herself and all this craziness. Yeah, I can't
1: and, that's tough.
0: Yeah. That's so that's it was. Crazy. It was. I. I don't think. I think when stuff like that happens, it's like that it looks like when it's probably happening and then from the outside looking in, it looks like something that is irrecoverable and that like you just want to like go hide in a cave until you're like 20 years older and like change your hair color and stuff. But like you, I think for her, it was like, I mean, a couple months later, I think she was in a like place because the Internet's got a real short term memory in most respects, I think. Um so it was like it was people forgot about it pretty quickly like it wasn't after it was viral like it wasn't she wasn't internet famous for more than like a couple of weeks probably and then uh yeah i mean i think that all the leadership lessons learned and the life experience and her overcoming all that adversity it's like you come out the other end of that like tempered dude like yeah i mean yeah and that's what i got from her when we talked about it It was just like she that experience was probably a net positive even though it was pretty brutal
2: yeah i think it's kind of weird we like you know we're we're in this weird day and age now where we have we're we're just more scrutinized i think than ever before like uh, for all of us it's it's not like you have to be famous to be scrutinized you could yeah. you could do something dumb and the internet will make you famous for that, and then you are scrutinized. <laughs> yeah. or you could you could be like publicly shamed in your own little network of followers and mm. the people you follow on Instagram or whatever the case may be. But I yeah. think that also is like uh, the new the new aspect of like you know forging who you are and and how you are as a leader as well, because you now have to realize, you know, like we said. Everyone is and if you're in a leadership position, everyone is looking at you at all times. And if you have a presence on the Internet, everyone is going to find what where you're at on the Internet. Right. You know, um, if you're speaking or if you're trying to to set yourself apart in a way that you lead people, people are going to scrutinize you and challenge you and have some things to say. But I think that that should be. If you're doing your homework or if you really care for you, if you're truly trying to be yeah. a polished leader, that should be the thing that that solidifies, you know, you on the other side of that. Uh, it but should help think... you, like, hold firm to yeah. some, of the, some of the things that you're you're learning or, you know, um, just polish you. Really, I think and I think
0: you shouldn't be terribly worried about it either. Oh, is that what you were going to say? Go ahead, man.
1: No, not <laughs> apparently I, I, an, I talked too to much, and jo- we're going no, to get no, to that it later. Wasn't that I wanted to yeah. make a joke off what Ellen said, but then I had to remember where I'm where I'm at. Oh,
0: you forgot so, it? Okay, I thought I, right your, I thought I stole your I thought I stole your. Ellen
1: knows what I was going to say uh <laughs> I was gonna say something about polishing, but then
0: I was like, I'm not. No. <laughs> this isn't. This isn't only on the. This is a grown-up podcast, sir. I can't. Or, I, can, right? I can't yeah. go there. Yeah. Um. This is. If a, you had a fully grown mustache, you would know that. Podcast. For instance,
1: so uh, yeah. For, I mean, for instance, I'm keeping track of how many times Ellison had to had to be censored, and that's my new competition is to see who can be. Censored oh yeah,
2: next. yeah. I Dude, think I stopped trying to. I, I have one censor. He's only, i have one timestamp for when I was like he's got two you have <laughs> two yeah, so you, said. Just, but you got
1: you got three you got like three wor- or two words in that one sense yeah
2: that's what i'm saying there was I
1: two so f-bombs that in one
0: sentence I say so and that-
1: <laughs> but you're more <laughs> used so ellison's more used to the podcast thing though where he can yeah. say like he doesn't censor so I'm, he's more used to it than I am. So and I'll i'm problem. curious
0: i got a couple so we're already talking about it kind of so like i want i got some feedback questions for you guys so one the yeah. i when i started it I talked to somebody and they were like, I was like, should I curse on it or not? Like, and part of it was the professionalism thing. Cause I started this when I was a chief, I've been doing this for almost seven years. So I was a little like, Oh, I like uneasy about like, I had, I was worried about like people getting blowback from the chiefs mess in general, um, for like, who, who's this guy to say, like, tell us how to be chiefs and all this crap. Mm. And then, um, even though that wasn't my focus at the time, like I, I was it was leadership stuff aimed at junior sailors at, at the very beginning. But, but then I was talking to somebody about like, should I curse? Should I not? And I, for, I think it was one of the. I sent it to a bunch of people the first episode. I think one of my second classes um, said or one of the second class I sent it to, she said um, it'll appeal to a wider audience if you don't curse. And I was like, well, that makes sense. But then considering my audience, it's like I feel like most people don't care. And so I was like thinking about, or at least doing some stuff where I curse, like after I retire, I was thinking about like, like the goats after dark episodes or like stuff like this, like
1: yeah, just label idea.
0: it. And then, yeah. So you know the difference. And if you really you do, you just
1: put an NSFW it. tag on I it. I just, and say, like, to yeah, be honest with you,
2: I just always think it's funny that we have to, we have to, uh, you know, decide, you know, like, cause well, yeah, like, but I, I have like, here's how I feel about it. Like, I'm a very open person. I'm a very like, I like to, I don't like to, but I like to just make, make sure that people know that I want to disarm the situation. And when when I speak with people and let them know that, Hey man, I don't, there's not a bone in my body that, that I'm, In this conversation i'm trying to come off as better than you i want you to know like you could say anything that you need to say to me uh because i I like to be like a down-to-earth person and like i like to i just like to socialize like to talk to everybody so for me like when i curse though like it's like the way that i i like naturally express myself and it's not because i don't have a wide vocabulary i i do but it feels that's just the way that I feel. That's the way that yeah, I yeah, communicate. Yeah. And, and so wh- yeah. not to mention that I'm like, oh, op- like I'm pretty open with with most anybody. And mm-hmm. I also like don't really hold back on my language too, too much. Um, right. I think people know that I'm being genuine uh, because I, yeah. I, I try to be as genuine as possible to everybody. It's just so, you know, in wanna, real
0: life, I'm, I curse a ton. And I just decided not to do it on the podcast. Like I get joked. I was told like-
2: that too.
1: Yeah. I was told that. Yeah. Cause I, oh, I yeah. talked to somebody about, I talked to somebody who knows, who knows you. Cause I was like, yeah. I said something about it. And I was like, I'm going to have to be really careful. Um, yeah, cause like cause yeah. the only, like <laughs> po- I've never done podcasts before, but like now, you know, yeah. and I've been talking and stuff and I'm like, kind of used to just talking how we talk. And right. I was like, I'm going to have to be careful. And then they said, yeah, he actually swears a lot more than on the podcast. Then he does oh yeah. Podcast. Like a so ton. Like, okay, cool. like, and then in the five <laughs> minutes before we, you know, before we started recording, I was like, oh yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I talk like the, and that's, what's weird for me is like, I can turn it on and off. It, part of it comes from the instructor thing, but then um it's like i feel like it's almost considering who i'm who i'm uh targeting and who like the audience will be even if um like even if i grew super big it's like it's all gonna be like veterans and and navy people so looking at it like that was my point that's the language like that's how we speak to each other almost universally so i'm like do i really need to be worried about this
2: yeah, but, I was told the same thing when I first started my podcast. Is you you don't want to say a lot of things that'll like narrow your audience. But I'm like, right. at the same time, I'm not trying to reach people who wouldn't actually listen to me. You know, what I right? Mean? I'm not right. trying to like, I'm not trying to win people over. I'm not trying to persuade anybody. I'm doing this because it's it's something that I like to do, and I yeah. hope that people like to share, want to share in it, and enjoy it. So right. if you roll with me, if you rock with me, if you f with me, cool. <laughs> if not cool. I you see know? what you
0: did there. Yeah. yeah, and then the so the other question was I got I've gotten and it's it's not a lot but like probably half a dozen over a year comments that I talk too much when I talk to people. Like when I'm not doing a podcast it's not just me that I talk too mm. much thoughts.
2: Um I I you talk a lot. You Discuss. talk a whole hell of a lot. And I told you I told you when we first when we first did a podcast I was like I'm yeah. so glad to have met somebody that talks more than me so I can just listen. <laughs> So I'm probably not, I'm probably not the person to ask feedback for this because I would love okay. to listen to somebody as opposed to listening to myself to speak. Cause I'm like you, I can run my mouth all day yeah. long, but I, I make a conscious effort it, to, uh, to listen more than I speak in a podcast. Yeah. You're and it was, a
0: lot. yeah, it was more that. You it did. was like, it was the, um, like when, so when I have somebody on, they want to hear from that person and less me. And it's like, Mm -hmm. but I get excited to talk to you guys. And so then I want to like have a conversation and that's how I rebut those things. I'm like, well, I'm not interviewing people. I want to have a discussion. And part of it is like, I get something out of it and I enjoy having the discussions Mm -hmm. and to have a discussion. I got to like say things and that's what's fun about it. So I don't, I don't know. Go ahead, man. It's I, like, I mean, you,
1: so you talk, you do talk a lot, but at the same time, like we, uh, we were, the two of us were just talking about last night. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we were talking a lot about, uh, Rogan. I was bringing up a, an mm-hmm. episode that Rogan just did with like Top or something. And I was like, yeah. but Ro- one of the things about that is that when you get a guy like Rogan, Rogan doesn't really have to talk a lot if he doesn't want to, Right. he's got people on all the time that are, they're trained in that. Like they could sit there and talk and it's, and, you know, they, yeah. they could sit down with somebody they don't know for a televised event and have a, enough to say, or know kind of when to say what. right? And so I think probably in your in your position, same with Ellison is you're not necessarily always going out with people that have experience with that. So if you got, if you need to drive the conversation or kind of, you know, or keep it moving, then yeah. you know, that's one of the things where that definitely seems to help you. Just from listening yeah. to you is that when you need to drive that forward. But one of the Sometimes other things I liked that you brought yeah. up too, is like, I like the discourse on your yeah. which uh, compared to any other podcast I listen to I really like the discourse on yours because one you're not you know you're not afraid to disagree but a lot of times you, I, I listen to your episodes where and you're, you're
2: uh, I did it. It's all good dude. Your, was, episodes, are, your episodes
1: are long. <sighs> <laughs> so your episodes are long they're always long but like um yeah. But a lot of times in the first like couple hour, you know, maybe one or two hours of the episode, you'll have this like big thing where you guys will kind of pause and then talk this whole thing out. But then mm-hmm. you have a whole second episode where you guys go on, you know, for a long time after that on other topics where one thing I appreciate about that is the fact that we can on your show you can have that discourse and disagree and then kind of talk it out until you're yeah. talking about it, then move on to the next thing. And it's not it's not malicious and it's not disrespectful. It's just right. talking through that disagreement, which is something that I don't really have any other place to listen to that because, you know, we talked yeah. about the public forum and the internet and stuff, and that's not a place where you get exposed to that. And I don't have a lot of intelligent debate at work, you know, yeah. for whatever reason. So it's cool <laughs> to listen to it, you know, because it's like,
3: yeah.
1: it's cool to listen to people, to adults have that disagreement and kind of talk both sides. And it's not about, I have to make you, Right, with my side, or I have to be right. It's just I'm gonna say my piece and then we'll go back and forth until we've said everything we can say, and then we'll move on.
2: That's that's also what I've enjoyed about like this the most recent podcast. I I talked uh, a lot uh, to six and nine about the beginning stages of our podcast, and it's bad new mustache, and awkward. We we got a call. It's a bad new mustache. <laughs> bad new mustache. It's, he's that's gonna like, change his difficult. Instagram
0: handle eventually. It's gonna be bad new mustache. I'm it's just like, gonna I be like an to image right of
2: just the upper lip with the with carpet on. Anyway. Um <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, awkward and, and strange in the beginning, like definitely a lot of trying to drive the conversation because, you know, there was obvious tension. But like who he was just saying, like that's when when you can do that, when you can have a conversation with someone, even if they're a brand new guest, have a uh, kind of a confrontation of what you're speaking about, and yeah. then talk through it. Spend even if you spend the whole episode and talk through that, and you have a reason yeah. to bring them back on, then then hash out some more stuff. Like that's, dude. That, like that's so you know it's like a real conversation, and people actually want to hear it. Like, it's,
3: yeah,
2: you know, it's I enjoy that on your show as well when that happens. So I mean, dude, I think what you're doing is fine. You know, okay, I, you know, you know, you talk a lot. I know I talk a lot. Yeah, so it's just stuff that and, we got it. It's just yeah
0: some of it so some I, of it I think
1: is the, the most sensible thing is the idea you're having like with the swearing thing about like yeah hey if this is going to be an episode where this is the theme it doesn't you know if you're going to do stuff it's not hey this isn't like a thing we're not talking about we're not just talking shop about leadership and you know formal mm-hmm. stuff right now because kind of like the instructor thing and Reading the room and knowing what the topic is. If it's a yeah. yeah, if you're presenting, if you're presenting materials on leadership that somebody's going to want to learn from, then same thing. If I'm teaching somebody something, do I want to be vulgar and stuff? Then maybe not. But right, right. If you're if you're doing goats after dark or what you know whatever, then yeah, that's probably a, that's probably a, a you know a perfectly acceptable time to Good. let the curtain back a little bit and then yeah. but yeah, and appropriately label it, and then I think right. that that's probably the most sensible thing.
2: All right, well, I gotta, yes, uh, What kind of what, kind of what kind of stuff are you talking about on goats after dark? I it's, imagine nothing good. It's a lot of bleeding. No. Nah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's um.
3: Matt.
1: So, I had a goat. I had a. This is a funny story. I had a goat simulator on my phone. Oh, I <laughs> it was remember was a, It was a soundboard that you could just press a, It was like thirteen to fourteen different sounds just Was ghosts. it like the
0: screaming and I ones?
1: Really, they had all of them. And I would uh. just open up my phone to this soundboard and I would wait until the Chiefs would walk by and then one of them would trying to say something. I was like when I was in E5, and they would like, and I'd have a Chief come to me and, start, and he'd start to say something. I'd be like, oh, wait a second. And I would pull out my phone and then I would be like, can you say that again? And then I would pull out the memes, the simulator, yeah. the goat
0: uh, thing, and, yeah. I would, and
1: I would play like a goat sound back at him and be like, and i just hold the phone out to him as if it was a translator. Yeah, and They hated it, but they loved it. <laughs> it was so funny.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah. No. So it's those episodes are just, it's more like um, I get three other chiefs. And so I've, I think I've done chief Bob's been on a couple of them, Jeff Bayless, Paul Kingsbury, just, I grab a handful of different chiefs at different varying levels of experience and uh, different communities generally and stuff. And um, the, the model was like fly on the wall of a conversation that would happen inside of a chief's mess. So it's like, a lot of it some of its leadership stuff some of it's uh the like chiefs mess stuff like the things that we would discuss why we discuss them in there why it's not all transparent but some of like should some of it be so some of it should not be kind of thing um hmm. but it's kind of just trying to pull the veil back as much as possible and like on the types of conversations we have when
2: we're in there talking about why your guy needs an ep what the other one doesn't <laughs> Not exactly like what like what like brand of smoker you just bought. Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, yeah, that's
2: yeah
0: unfortunately <laughs> that's to, dominated uh, a lot of talking about the though. next
2: talking about the next car. Yeah. Can you guys talk go about how you just refinance out. your like what what uh, what
1: percentage rate you just or what APR uh, you just refinance uh, your house at shut or up. what um, trade third third you wife, your, this third
2: wife is st- going <laughs> to be the one man. This third wife, I think the new chin strap I got for my CPAP machine. Yeah, she is the one. Yes. Thank you. This yeah, no, so much it's easier to
0: clean. It's leadership <laughs> topics, but it's uh, it's the kind of stuff. It's that was the idea, and it's like, and it goes off on tangents where we're just joking, like joking around. It's like think like um, I can't even make the cruise lounge reference because it's a boomer thing. Just think like smoke pit. I it. like I, you know what I mean, it's like I, the bunch, like the you're just advanced in age, but you're still like the same same kind, kinds of conversations you guys would have when you're just sitting around doors closed there's no adult supervision around like that's yeah that's what we were going for like obviously what there's did, certain things that did, i didn't include for the same reasons i don't curse and the same reasons I
2: don't what did people. uh what did young d guts used to do back in the day how young like i would define I'm talking, young? i'm talking i'm talking E5. like
0: s- ms3 um dude yeah So what did you used
2: to do back in the day when you're roaming the halls of your great, big boomer (laughs) submarine? What did you Well, no. So
0: first boat was an 88. Um, okay. So yeah, I went 88 projects and then the last one was BN. um, Oh, what do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, uh, Jesus, I, so I was in Pearl for my first boat. Um, And turned 21 there and it was incredible. So the first Westpac I did, I was still afraid to get in trouble drinking underage. So I didn't do, I just did Mm. tourist things and all the foreign ports. But then the second Westpac I did, I was 21 and I was like, well, I've already done all the tourist things. So like, I, and I was partying with my friends in Hawaii. So I partied a ton on like five different, like in five or six different countries. Um, nice. it was a good time man like I tell my wife all these war stories all the time about like like when uh, my wedding happened my best friend is a former nuke mechanic he's my best man and so he flew out and was telling all these stories and so we were, we had dinner the night before so was, uh, he was there and my buddy Joe uh, was there as well he's a, a surface CS chief that he was on my first shore duty and we partied a ton too and when I was, uh, I was in Connecticut for my first shore duty And dude, like, yeah, I mean, same thing you did. Like, got hammered, drunk, did silly things. I tell a story all the time about like, it's my 24th birthday. Um, This is a pretty good one. (laughs) This, uh, so my 24th birthday. So the a bunch of friends, like my one of the my best friends growing up, flew in. Um, Pat flew in. Um, This is my best friend, the new mechanic. He flew in. Joe, Joe was already there and then somebody else and so it was it was was awesome like all my all my favorite people were all in the same place at the same time and they threw this like Mm -hmm. surprise 24th birthday for me so like we i'm trying i think we pre-gamed and then we started at one bar and kind of bounced around and ended up at this uh it used to be like a martini bar or something but like no one does that there so it turned into like a Little hole in the wall, nightclub-ish vibe, kind of thing. They have like a DJ. Yeah. And it's just a bar, it's pretty small. And uh and then I we'd be at that Irish pub all the time too. And you guys know what I'm talking about, probably. I'm sure it's still there. But mm-hmm. um the but right next door there was this other bar. So we went in there and I like just trashed already. And we go in there and they had this thing, and I, I'm sure it's probably not unique to this bar, but they had this thing called a flaming Lamborghini. And it's a it was a martini glass with it had like seven shots in it. And they put Bacardi 151 on top, lit it on fire. And you had a straw and you drink it from the bottom up basically. And so I'm already trashed and we drank that thing. (laughs) I drank it immediately, went to the bathroom and threw up. And then shortly after that, I blacked out. And apparently what happened after that was some tomfoolery at the bar and like just being drunk and acting stupid. And then some, I don't remember who drove us home, but somebody, they had a DD. Somebody drove us home. And apparently in the car, I decided there was something really pressing outside of the vehicle. And I jumped out of the car as it was moving and ran into this field in a park. And so then my best friend Joe is in the back seat, also just obliterated and so he's like, I got to go see if he's safe. So then he jumps out of the car, at which point my other friend, uh, Steph realizes we're jumping out of the car and freaks out, slams on the brakes, chases us into this field, like puts us back in the car. And then I learned about it all the next day. Oh I don't remember any of it. I just, I- I've been told the story, but, um, well, yeah, drink somehow I wasn't, I wasn't injured either. Um, no, because I got my fish before I turned 21. So yeah. I got, so I got to the boat. Um I got dude, I got my fish in two thousand three. So uh Dang. yeah, I know, right? Were you like ten probably? <laughs> um No, I was like two. Just kidding. <laughs> nah, it's like, May as well anyway. been. My nephew was two. Um yeah, it was
2: So what were you what were you like though? I was walking like nineteen twenty. Were you a dip and coffee guy? Were you, no, uh, I, so I've So i never, away? I've
0: never been a coffee guy. Uh, never dipped or any of that crap. I energy drinks. So I started real early with like being cracked down on a red bulls first. And then I got into those white monsters when I was on the projects boat and I still occasionally drink mm-hmm. those. Don't tell my wife. And then, um, <laughs> the, uh, I worked out a lot. I worked out like I was in prison because otherwise I would have killed people, I think. Um, so it was my routine was 12 hours of galley watch captain, go work out for like two hours and then go to the rack but after I was qualified and everything. Um, I didn't stay up much and like watch movies or anything. Sometimes. What,
2: um, what CDs were filled in your CD case? Because I know you were walking uh, around. I like the, the reference. CDs.
0: Yes, dude. Oh. Walking with um, the wrist
1: strap. That thing was OP, man. Back then.
0: Cool. So I grew up on, and this is going to sound hilarious. Cause you guys can actually see me. <laughs> uh, I, I grew up Marty on gangster good. rap. So I grew up like okay. the whole West coast okay. rap thing. So like the, okay. uh, my brother was the dope man growing up. And okay. uh, so he, I'd ride around in his like 80 something Monte Carlo and in his tape deck. Cause that's how old I am. He, yeah. the first, one of the first albums I ever heard. And it wasn't, I was into some other stuff when I was, younger as well like because i grew up around all the like seattle grunge so like i was really into green day mm-hmm. when they first got big and um like like pearl jam nirvana all that stuff was was out uh i was kind mm-hmm. of like a skater kid back then um into that kind of stuff and then i my brother uh played all eyes on me it was the, the tupac album the du- it was a double the double yeah. tape thing the double cassette tape yeah um, and I, that was like, that blew my mind Dang. and then I got really into, <laughs> I got really into him. And so then I, I do not have not been all over the place, but yeah, like on, when I was on the boat, I was, that was right around that whole like pop punk phase. I got really into punk and then like actual punk, like the Ramones and like stuff like that. And then wow. that led me to like this, a lot of people were into that pop punk stuff. Like, uh, um, like yellow card and sugar Colt and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I got kind of into that for a while. Um, And then I I was really into jazz right before I joined the Navy. Like I got really into like Coltrane and Duke Ellington and um, Mm, Billy is Probably like if I could go back in time and see somebody live, um, it'd be Billy holiday. And then
2: what were you, what were you you playing on cruise mess for your free time?
0: Poker dude. Oh, so I was I used poker. to really you like when Texas Hold'em on the boat went to, yeah <laughs> when Texas Hold'em got really big. So my my buddy Pat was on that boat with me. He uh so him, me, and another guy, new electrician, um, were really into poker. So it started at their house. They had a house like I'm trying to think of exactly where it was, but it was like up on a hill in Hawaii, and it was a big house that they split with like five people. So they'd have these like Mm -hmm. uh, tournaments at their house when they first started getting into it. And I used to go play there. And so like uh, the nuke electrician, Brandon and Pat were the best players. And then I started to get really into it Um, and I sucked at first and then I got better. And then I got like really into it. And then I went to shore duty in Connecticut where there's casinos where I could play like at real tournaments and play in real rooms and then online poker Dang. was exploding at the same time. So like I got really good at no limit Texas Hold'em for a period of like five years. Um, and like I mean, I cashed in like World Poker Tour tournaments and like we went out to Vegas for the World Series oh, poker man. one year. And it was more like we we're I we were just like groupies. Like my buddy played in a couple of the smaller tournaments, but like I didn't play in any of the bracelet tournaments. But it was more just like hanging out and seeing all the famous poker players and stuff, but Um, yeah, I got really into that. And so we had like on one deployment we had, and I was like the bookkeeper too. Like it was more just like we were playing with just chips and then we'd (laughs) be like, okay, well, when we get home, you owe me this much money kind of thing. And then most people, most people didn't even pay, but we technically were gambling, I guess. But yeah, we played a ton of poker back then. Uh, I played euchre. euchre. No, I never played spades. Um, uh, like people people played spades but i never did i just played euchre i don't know why that's just i didn't know how to play spades so when they would have spades tournaments i just never bothered yeah, but yeah. So, a bunch of nukes taught me how to play euchre um it was one of those like i forget what was going on but it was like we couldn't leave and maybe it was like the maneuvering watch or something but it was like It couldn't have been because they wouldn't let us play cards. I don't know what we were doing, but it was like we couldn't leave. And so they are like, hey, get over here. We need another person. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how to play this. And they're like, it's like Uno with the regular cards. Just just shut up and sit down and we'll teach you. And so then they taught me how to play Euchre and it was really fun. Um, But yeah, I never learned how to play spades. And then like, I don't know what changed in 20 years, but like, uh, cribbage was an officer's game when I joined the Navy and now everybody yeah, plays now cribbage and it's super weird. Cribbage. I don't get I it. Love like, cribbage. I still don't know how to play yeah. cribbage, but like when I joined the Navy, only officers played cribbage. That was an officer's game. You didn't play that on cruise yeah. mass. And now it's like, it's uh, somehow everybody. And it might, might've been a BN thing. Cause like every boat I've been on, like it was just normal stuff. And then now all of a sudden I went to a BN and everybody was cracked out on cribbage. And I'm like, dude, I still don't know how to play no, cribbage and I have no, no desire on. to learn i just well, recently
1: yeah. learned about that 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 was more of an officer thing too because like i don't know when I it know changed that like, in some places like that that'll be for an officer that'll be like your fish board as you sit down with the captain and you play <laughs> cribbage yeah. and the captain asks ask you, you like, like fishboard yeah. questions until you can beat the captain at cribbage so like and or you'll, you'll be like teams of two so it'll be like four people sitting down and three yeah. people are like they have their fish wares and they're like pinging you with questions yeah. and stuff, and you're just sitting there trying to, one, pay, pay up attention
0: <laughs> to win. <laughs> to not get you know, your points and, stolen or whatever. Yeah. And, but
1: two, like, your brain's also, like, firing at maximum yeah. overdrive well, trying to remember all this crap to get you. Yeah,
0: which I thought it was
1: a cool. I was a cool concept.
0: Like, I barely passed my dive board without having to play a card game. So God only knows what would have happened if I had to like think about yeah, something else. Know. That would have been brutal.
2: My board. I looked like a complete idiot. Uh, my my dive uh, sat my board. I believe. Yeah. And uh, I think I embarrassed the hell out of them. I was. I wish <laughs> I'd go back and do my fish board again. I, I
0: crushed back. my fish it board, was, but it took me forever because I went through this like. I got to the boat and I just like it's I am I was like I was my whole career where like I wanted to work really hard and I wanted to do well and whatever. So like I had cooked professionally before I joined the Navy. So like I was the best cook there the day I showed up. I just had to learn like the submarine part of it. So like when I showed up, I was cooking and like crushing that already. Like because they threw me in there like I it was like the first day I was fully checked in. My MS1 just looks at me and goes, get in the galley and make lunch. I'm like, huh? I'm like, I don't even know where anything is. Like get in, get in the galley and make lunch. What are you talking about? He goes, get in the galley and make lunch. And he just kept saying it until I finally just like conceded and went in the galley and tried to figure out how to make lunch. And so like then I got really popular because I made lunch and everything was done and the galley was clean and he walked in. He goes, the new guy's already making you guys look stupid. The galley's clean. It's stowed. All the food's done. Like, why can't you do this? And I'm like, God damn it. So then everybody like I got popular in that regard where like they're all like, ah, fuck this new guy, you know what I mean? And then. But then I, so then I, all I wanted to do was go do quals. I'm like, well, I got this galley thing like figured out. So I just wanted to go do fish stuff. And I, so I'd get everything in a good place. Nothing was happening in the galley. And I'd have somebody like watch it for me. And I'd be like, you know, MS1, can I go do this like checkout or whatever? And he would start freaking out yelling at me like, you're not here to get your dolphins. You're here to be a cook. Shut up and get better at being in the galley. I'm like five minutes ago, you just said I was the best guy here. And now you're yelling at me about how I have to be better in the galley. So then I got yeah. to the point where I was like, you know, like F the world and just stopped working on my quals because it was like I, every time I asked to go get a checkout, I get flame sprayed. So I just got to this point where I was just like, fine, I'm not going to do it anymore. And I was I was a hot runner by like nine weeks and I just stopped. So then I got super dank because my first Westpac was nine months long because we shot missiles at Iraq on that deployment. Because So like we were finishing up and then they pulled us into Guam, loaded us out with missiles and sent us to the Red Sea. And I was like, oh, dope. So, um, by the time we got home, I was super dink. And then we went into like a shipyard period and they were like making me go to dink study every day, but like nobody would supervise me. So I'd like, I was the guy on the barge who would like go to the rack and then just leave like after dink study was yeah. over. And it got to a point I where I, uh, my card was done and I was on like walkthroughs and I just got to the point where I was just like, I don't care, dude, I'm not doing this. Cause I all, no one, Ever tried to help. And it was like the day I I started going, like the day I went dink, the chief started giving my MS1 a hard time. And then he came and screamed at me because I was dink. And I'm like, at that point, I was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm done. I just threw my qual card in my rack pan and never thought about it again. So then we're in SRA and uh, I was going to the barge at like to for dink study, going taking a nap and then leaving. And finally, um, I had this JO who is now like a post-tour CO, awesome dude. And then the guy, if you go back to the chaps episode, um, the chaplain that I interviewed this was a prior JO, he was a JO on that submarine with me. And him and that post-tour CO are the reason I didn't like wash out. Cause like those two JOs came and grabbed me and said, dude, you're getting qualified. And they took me around the boat on this underway, I think it was right after SRA, um, walked me around and like did they did the walkthroughs with me and like forced me to do it. And it was real popular because one of those, the now post-tour CO did my room walkthrough and all the A gangers were super pissed because I just didn't care. Like I was like, I don't, what do you, and they tried to tell him like they confronted him and they're like, you can't do this. He goes, yes, I can. I'm qualified off the deck. Get the fuck out of my way. And they like, you what? you're not uh, qualified room watch, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dude, I'm qualified ship's duty officer. I can and an office deck. I can sign everything. He's like, get out of my way. It says right here on the card. I can sign it. Move. And he did the walkthrough and it was hilarious. I was so popular. Um, (laughs) And it was funny because the, the 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 MMA two that was the guy in the room freaking out is a cob on the waterfront here right now. <laughs> I kind of want to, before I retire. I kind of want to stop by and be like, "Hey man, do you remember me?" Um, That's crazy. But yeah, I just didn't care. It was like I got to a point where I was I was ready to like go to the surface fleet or something. Because I just was like, like it doesn't matter what I do. Like, no, I can't, I can't work hard enough to succeed here. Because you guys are like bipolar psychos. So I was just like, whatever, man, I'm done. And then my Cobb called Isn't me in though, his office one I day and was
2: like, like, "Go ahead." I was gonna say, I feel like that's more common than not. Yeah, I mean, it, at least that's I, how I—that's how I remember my experience going a lot. Probably it
0: probably is. And then like I, my Cobb was—he's not a bad dude. He's retired now, but like my first Cobb called me in his office and he goes, dude, you're not lazy and you're not dumb. So like, what's the problem? And I was just like, it, it doesn't matter what I do. Like nothing's ever good enough. So like, I don't care. And I threw my card on his desk and was just like, just kick me off submarines. Dude, I don't care. I'm done. And then I don't know who, to, I don't know if somebody talked to those guys or what, but those two JOs are the only reason I got qualified. Like I would, I'm talking like Mm. the one dude was standing off to the deck and he'd call me to control and I would like stand up there with him and he would like talk to me about stuff and like was getting me ready. So I got all the walkthroughs done and then I did my board. It was an import duty day. And it's like, I had spent so much time. It was like 13, 14 months in at that point. I was so dink. And we got, it got to the point where I was so far in, like I knew all that stuff like so well, like I drew ventilation and I like, I drew it and then labeled everything, locations, power supplies. Like it was the most detailed ventilation drawing of a 688. That's outside of an SSM. And then like the FTC that like looked at, it, he was like, Jesus, he's like, this is incredible. I don't even have any questions about the system. Like it's all here. And so then like I, I okay. murdered my board. I, they, I think the only lookups I had was like, like, like medal of honor recipients. And like some, somebody stumped me with like some characters. obscure yeah. fact that I had to go look up just to get a yeah. look up. But, it took me forever to get to that point though, because I was just like done, dude, I would have been qualified eight months earlier if they didn't, you know, if that hadn't been my experience, which unfortunately sounds typical. Um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I haven't talked to enough submariners about that to see if it's changed much, but that, yeah, that was, I was a hot runner. I, all I wanted to do is get my fish. And then it was like my LPO, what, for whatever reason, man, like just, every it didn't matter what i did everything was wrong but then it was like i was already the best cook he had and so then when i want to go do fish you want me to be a better cook like i the dude just hated his life and i think he was taking it out on me but i don't know
2: it's a it's like i think the the boat environment is a very interesting environment especially because yeah you have it's like. I don't know, unless you unless you had a team of people that were supposed to, like, whose job was to go in there and like track a brand new sailor on, on the crew and figure out like exactly what the difficulties are in the qualification process. It's hard. to yeah. just like one and, and pinpoint it because you understand like, hey, like I'm a sailor and I, I'm an adult. I got a responsibility to manage my time and and be grown and get this stuff done. But at the same time, there's so much going on you've got yeah. your whole operation pace you've got your basic qualifications you've got your watch standing or duty section right. qualifications you've got stuff that like you don't even it's, it's the the content is for the most part foreign to you right uh, yeah i mean you sure have gotten like death pipe powerpoints through your pipeline until you get to the boat but then you get to the boat and everyone's telling you to to jump at different heights you know what i mean right so at the same time. So yeah, it's hard to say like what exactly is like the best move there. Um, I, I always I wanted, I think this
0: like when ahead. I became a cob. my plan was, and, and obviously Manning plays into this and, and I would have to get people qualified to a point that I had the flexibility to do this. But I always wondered like, cause I've been on boats where we had like 15 qualified dives. It was insane. So we had like this crazy watchable flexibility And I always wondered why the they didn't take like one chief off the watch bill and just say, you're the training guy or you're the what? Like, there's all this stuff that chiefs do or things that just don't happen at all because everybody's too busy and overtaxed, like kind of the stuff you're just describing, like somebody like tracking qualifications in that type of like a duty mentor. Yeah, like a like a I mean, I'd call him like a training officer, but like and not just not just fish, but like ships control calls, divisional calls. Like it, imagine taking all all of the seek TQS, whatever they're calling it, Gnosis, all that monitoring off of everyone else's plate. It's kind of like what the EDMC does, but like have a forward version of that, which I mean you could make an argument that should just be the Cobb's job, but that would require them to never mind. I'm gonna end that joke right there. So then the, the <laughs> you, you'd have to have somebody go do those things but i feel like a, a forward chief doing that kind of stuff for the ford compartment you'd you'd find and again not just ships quals but like ford watch quals you could roll like all the other training like in like i mean it's not this anymore but like po doc when it was a thing um like any kind of leadership training dc training the uh gmt's whatever And like have somebody in charge of that, that has the bandwidth to devote to doing that like correctly and robustly and monitoring it and putting it in fleet times and all that crap. I think you'd end up with a way better product. Cause like I talk about this boat that had a cob that in their plan of the day, instead of saying dank, it said shipmates that need our help. And they would do like, I heard
1: you. Yeah. I had some thoughts about that when I heard you talk about that. Go
0: ahead, man. Let's share them.
1: No, I mean, no, I just see.
0: I'm curious. <laughs> That's a whole
1: other tangent because you, oh, okay. you talked about there's that, and then you talked about the qual, the ships, the qual hour on the cruise mess. Yeah. That's a whole thing. I could talk for an hour about that. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, talking about that.
0: I think there's a ton of value to somebody doing it that way where it's more like you're, there's like an education process that happens. And then, like, there's always that, there's always that modic- like that piece that's like a responsibility of that person to go seek that knowledge and that experience or whatever and and i don't i don't for a second want to like get rid of that or relieve them of that responsibility by constructing something that like does it for them but i do think that there's a ton of value in there being um like times and places where it's like it's not this like like are you looking at the tv nub like that kind of environment Mm -hmm. it's more like a like hey this is where you go find the information or or um like if there there are people that i've encountered and i encounter a lot of cooks like this that it does, i could throw the book at them i could roll it up and beat them over the head with it i could give them an ssm an audio book and it still wouldn't work but if you walk around an area with them and show them all the stuff it's like then they're good then they get it like if you explain to them how the system works and show them where all the stuff is so like and maybe there's a way well, to do that where it's not you holding their hand. It's like a some kind of like PowerPoint or video or I don't know, man. Like, I guess so. But it's kind yeah. of sort of fill that. Role. I
2: feel like I feel like what I'm about to say is like make believe. But you, know, I don't know, <laughs> you guys can can like chin check me if I'm wrong here. But, you know, when I went to college, it was so nice to be in an educational environment mm-hmm. and know that like I was there to learn and that I had all these resources. Right. And time available to me that like I was just, I became a straight A student right off the cuff you right know? like and I uh, and I was all for it like I was ready to soak up all that information and knowledge because I knew that that was the environment that I was in but when you're trying to do like you to to me like the boat or wherever you go to work should especially if you're someone in quals yeah. should also replicate the same kind of thing you're 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 there to learn and you're there to, yeah. to do your job obviously but but you can't even really do your job until you meet certain qualifications. So like you're there to learn and, you know, making it so difficult for for sailors to do those things for whatever, uh, I don't know, your your prejudices are because nubs should have it this way or mm. or because you should be, you know, behaving this way it just slows down the process and for the for the information of
0: all non-submariners nub is an acronym that we use for non-useful body but carry on yeah. i was just yes. i have to decrypt some of the submarine things sometimes because i i assume they're like a navy-wide term and then i forget i'm like oh god like,
2: i'm only, what talking, this to this I'm only talking to submarines i'm only talking to submarines like i thought calling a,
0: a leatherman a dig it was i thought everybody did that but apparently that's something dude that's i used so to
2: like, say that at my, my old anger. job and people were like yeah. what are you talking what are you talking about, about? Yeah. yeah yeah man, you don't know what a dig it's a dig it. yeah, yeah. It's,
0: <laughs> it's a dig it tool like what do you
3: tell
1: me how do you not know what this is
0: yeah i think it's a tough
1: like thing because it like the it, there's a really, maybe this is one of the like the, the old school like tenets of submarine that I hold mm-hmm. on to maybe a little too tightly, but the thing is, the part of the process of bringing somebody up in submarines, and mm-hmm. people made sure to do this for me, and I've heard people come on your show and talk about it, and I've heard other people talk about it in a way that made it sound like maybe it was more malicious, and I don't think yeah. that, in my experience that the guys that did this for me meant it maliciously. Right. But that when I, before I had fish, I was made to feel uncomfortable yeah. about the fact that I did not have fish. And part of right. that I think is important. Like, you know, we make the whole joke about, hey, yeah, you know, but you're looking at the TV or, hey, yeah, you're not yeah, supposed yeah. to eat dessert or whatever. And whatever, to whatever degree that that is useful, mm-hmm. I think that the concept is necessary. And the concept I agree. is that, is that, I need to feel uncomfortable about the fact that until I have fish, I have not proven to anybody that I am, that I have that, that, that level of trust and responsibility that you, that you have proven when you earn your fish. But like, you know, what, however we go about, in your story, that one thing I want to talk about for a second was the the part about the two JOs kind of snatching you up by the mm-hmm. cuff and making that that last push of like, yeah. hey man, like get, get over the hump. And we, yep. you know, having somebody notice that you're not necessarily like a dirt bag and that you you like maybe you just need that last push, whatever mm-hmm. it is, is huge. And right. you know, there's I'm sure there's plenty of people that have an experience like that where they can say like, yeah, like there's you know one or two guys grab you by the cuff and kind of like. You know, put me in the right direction. And Ellison and I talked about that in the episode you listened to about um recognizing that difference between that old school submarine tough love kind of thing and right. like when somebody, you know, when somebody needs a little bit of like intervention. Yeah. But on the face of it, like the process of getting checkouts and getting fish is really straightforward. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not none well, it of the should the, be. the, the it, it, well, it, it is. It, it really is. The, the getting a checkout, getting a checkout, super straightforward. What makes it really it, difficult is the fact that you're getting all of these checkouts, and it's it's the 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 amount of the knowledge over time that you're supposed to accumulate. But the process is very simple. It's uh, you know, like when somebody comes to me for a checkout, I, I expect what well, uh, what are the things that I expect from them? It's like I, there's a pretty clean cut process I, of hey, if there's a drawing, you know the drawing, you can explain it. What are the power supplies? What are the major components? Really I agree locations. that that's how it
0: should happen. I don't agree that that's right. how it generally does happen. Like, it's well, a wildly how, you, varying like, experience. Like, so I I, I, yeah. I sat in the dive chair and gave checkouts on systems, and then I'd have some second-class A-ganger freaking out that I didn't ask him all this obscure information about EMPT blow. Yeah, it's I like, agree with that. They don't need yeah, to don't know that. Either. So it's that like, and, and it's, if you read the description on the qual card, they don't need to know that. Like they need yeah, to know what, wh- like what the system is, how it works, where the vital components are, how they're powered, and why it's important for saving the submarine. Like and yeah. these are the chicken well, switches and these me, is
2: what, you know what I mean? Go ahead. So that second class diver or second class whoever the hell I'd tell him to it doesn't really concern him. He's not I did. The one who's I, signing the qual card. I did. You know what I mean? I and told like, him to shut if, up if and call it. But my point (laughs) is that guy, that that conversation could be had amongst the chiefs quarters. That that guy
0: is giving the same checkouts, though, is what I'm saying. So like he's giving checkouts on that system uh, that are nothing like the checkout that I gave. That's that's maybe part of of that conversation
1: is making sure that there's, you know, the type of leadership present that understands that there's a you have to reel that back to the level right. that is appropriate. And not only that, but like, sure, that A-ganger probably had to know those things. That's what, it, yeah, that's what it's like sure. to be an A-ganger sometimes. They,
0: and they, as A-gangers, take so much pride in the fact that they own like every system on the submarine and that they know all those things that yes, I think- I love you, that. Right, I right. do too, in a way, but I, I think that. I think that they take their a lot of their checkouts to this crazy extreme because they're A-gangers and they hold themselves to a different right. standard, which- like, I don't know. Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. The pride I love. The expertise I love. It's not... And, and because they are the system experts, I would expect them to know a lot more about the system than you... Than, like, an FT needs to know about it. Like, I'm, they're not doing EMBT blow maintenance. Like, calm down. But... And it's for ship's quals only where they're learning it for, like, all of their watch quals. They're learning it for maintenance. They're learning it for a whole bunch of other reasons. So it's like... The, but they try to, like, apply that standard like in the in the way that where you get caught by that double edged sword of like i want you to feel uncomfortable that you don't have fish I don't want you to feel like you're a lesser form of life, and that it's impossible, and that no matter what you do or well, say or how hard you study, you're never going to get this check out because this a ganger hates you. So it's like, yeah, that's that's overboard. Go, yeah. sure. going
2: back, going back to what Six Nine said or Bad Mustache, whichever one. Bad. You call on. <laughs> be, what did I say? Beginner mustache. Bad new mustache. Bad new mustache. Young mustache.
0: Young. Um, like young mustache. Young mustache. It's <laughs> um, like a rap name. Young mustache. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I like it.
2: I young, move, young move Young Mu. Anyway, uh, Ew. going back to what he was saying, like it's, it's. It, I agree. It is the qualification process is straightforward because uh, for me, like I'm a list person. Like I had, yeah, I had a mole skin in my pocket. Like I had like two or three mole yeah. skins because I knew I would eventually run out of one like really quickly, and so I would you know take my qual cards and I would like like highlight or circle or write down the 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 call cards that i were doing was doing that day or those the next two days or whatever the case may be and that's how i will tackle them it's not hard to say hey these are all my call cards Mm -hmm. and i'm going to get one on this one this uh today two on this one yeah you know whatever but what makes it difficult is when you start getting things that the submarine force is notorious for that you can't foresee like, Oh, my chief just got fired or, Oh, this Mm -hmm. dude is going to this school or, Oh, we've got like short manning because everybody's TAD or, Oh, COVID. And now we got a ROM and people aren't here or holiday, you know, and the, and the, the call card tracker is still going and then you don't have people in place because then now you're going to go do all those like outside factors that make it difficult for, Someone who is not like everybody else and like has takes like a lot of their own initiative, or maybe yeah. they're just that you know, we're not all on the same intelligence level, uh, sure, it's harder to grasp, yeah, you know, types of information, you, you know. Uh, and so while I understand, yes, that like we gotta you are made to feel uncomfortable by design, and I respect it and I appreciate it, and I and I think that is that is important for everybody like mm. and some degree of adversity should be what you seek in life to like make you better i think though uh that we we have this like weird sense of like <laughs> i know it. i knew your dog try yeah. he again. comes
0: in every time we do a podcast yeah, it's, it's good I, <laughs> um,
2: I, I think that i think that a lot of the other uh I think people need to keep their, their uh, expectations in check. Uh, and when I say people, I mean the people who are signing the qual cards from different yeah. divisions who have a lot to say about every other person in a different division. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like we're it's kind of one of those things we're talking about, like, A-Gang going in the ship. Great. whoop de doo You know, choose your rate, yeah. choose your fate. You own the ship. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an A-Ganger. All right? So, yeah. you, you know, the minute you want to talk about EKMS policies and all all that yeah, crap, yeah. like, let's, let's go. You, know? That's <laughs> you what, know what I mean? That's so, what I would
0: I would play with people when they would do that kind of stuff. Because, like, I'd have an A-Ganger playing stump the chump with some young kid up in control. And then I would turn to him and I'd be like, hey man, define an emulsion. And they'd be like, huh? And I'd be like, yeah, you can't. (laughs) So shut up. (laughs) Like, what's the temperature range for activating yeast? Like, uh, what? Shut up! Like, none of this is like, like, define gluten. Yeah, and when is it formed? Let's and like, how does it talk about our specific? uh, Yeah, like, dude, I could, I could, I have a fancy culinary degree, dude. I'll body you. I'll make you feel stupid for three hours. And it's like (laughs) I can do it too. And I'm the dumb cook chief. So it's like you're not impressing anybody, and you're definitely not adding value. Because that's what I don't like is when the standards. I, I don't want the standard to be different. I want a sailor to be able to make a list based on like what the qual card says and maybe even go ask the subject matter expert like what's expected at a an EMBT blow checkout. Make the list, go do the work, and then come back and get the same checkout that the last ten guys got or girls at this same
1: Well, point. part of so part of this conversation that is something that's changed in the mm-hmm. last several years is like, you know, the way that Gnosis is going now, where when I got fish, it was, mm-hmm. if you were qualified room, you could sign pretty much all the A-gang stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, now right? it's kind pretty of- Pretty
1: much different. up to the block level, which the block signatures were more of like the A-gang LCPO or whatever. And right. now a lot of those checkouts have moved up to the chief True. watch or you know, pilot-co-pilot level, which in, in the way that we're talking about now, I kind of agree with, because if you expect that you're adding a layer of that maturity and kind of mm-hmm. awareness of- Who am I talking to? What is their rate? And what is, how much of this is necessary for them to know? Then somebody that's at that level is probably more suited to apply that. Yeah. Then say, I have to go into the machinery room with some guy that I know is going to be a dick to me because it's his room and I got to knock and enter and I'm I'm putting the power (laughs) in his hands and it's, you know, it's some second class and he's going to, because you, you talked about it with the, um, you had the, uh, or was it? Why are nukes always mad? And you made mm-hmm. a point about how on your episode about how the, about the power of like the first tour E5. Yeah. And I talk about that a lot with people about that. There's really nobody, I don't, I don't believe there's anybody more powerful on a submarine than the yeah. senior first, first tour <laughs> guy, because yeah. nobody should know that boat better than that right. E5 getting ready to leave his first boat. That's right. the boat he learned bottom to top inside yep. and out he's put his tongue on everything in that submarine <laughs> and so I yeah you've got yeah. guys like that that are like that though and Drankers. sometimes that's tempting because I know like and I was the same way when I was in E5 leaving my first boat if I knew I knew that boat better than you know
3: yeah
1: I, I felt like I knew that boat better than anyone and right. if somebody had come to me for a checkout on stuff yeah I probably would have been tempted to flex a lot of that on yeah. But you know, and the now that I'm at where I'm at now, and the longer that you go on in the community and understand like there's a maturity aspect of that of understanding and mm-hmm. kind of applying what is it, what is it really necessary for you to know? And the other thing that's cool about Gnosis is that like you've mentioned before too, is that it breaks down yeah. so what does this checkout actually yeah. require? Whereas the, the qual card I had didn't say nothing like right. that.
0: Yeah, it just had a system said, name and a signature Here's line. The system,
1: <laughs> you know, and it's that's it. I yeah. I sat down to get my fire control checkout and the FTOW told his AFTOW to give me the checkout. And he said, don't let him leave without 50 lookups.
0: That's and stupid. Now yeah, that guy I, hated me.
1: That guy hated me. Okay. Well, we're close. We're super close now. Yeah. And, uh, he, he, and I, and he, he, was, <laughs> that was one of those things I had done something. To, actually, I kind I earned it. So what, what I did to him was I, I, yeah. I tried to backdoor him on his checkout and mm. get his chief to sign it. Uh, so I earned that myself, but it yeah. was, that was that kind of thing was yeah. like, there was nothing on the checkout. who said fire control. And he was like, all right, give this guy 50 lookups. And I yeah. still remember stuff from that checkout now yeah. years oh, and yeah. years later.
0: And but what has been your, like the two of you and, and it's different. Well, and that's probably similar timeframes. I don't know. Um, when you guys got your fish, but what was your experience both both in getting your fish, I guess, and then giving checkouts when you were that senior E5, uh, assuming you were doing that? Like, because I guess because you both of you have said like that, it dep- like when you're given a checkout, it depends on what rate you are. And I, I passionately disagree with that, where I don't think a cook should get a different like ship service hydraulics checkout than an FTE, than a sonar tech. A gangers are different like, or that's, if it's what like I mean. a, that's what I mean that's what that's all I meant by that uh, all right I just want to make sure yeah, that's that all I meant that's the page in your
1: example I... when you're talking about the a gang mm-hmm. being the a gang are being mad because yeah okay. that guy got a different checkout and that's why that's okay. his system
2: yeah and, and that's what the same okay. thing I is, wasn't saying yeah. that I got different
1: things based off of I, I thought you right. meant I like I wasn't business. saying it like that no I've encountered the I wasn't saying the cook should get a cheese dick checkout that's what I'm saying I
0: was I've encountered people that that kind of believe that oh he's a cook No, know I don't believe that at all I'm like that's not real
1: no But then also
0: like, so what was, what's been your experience with like the actual process as far as, cause, because mine all the way up to my last submarine has been the wildly very, even with Gnosis and CTQS establishing standards and all this, all these things where it says what you should be covering during the checkout. And even though some of those are really vague, like what's your, been your experience with like getting and giving the checkouts as far as like how wildly varying is it like do you did you give checkouts I, I for got, a, a varying I, like difficulty levels depending on who you're talking to like how did it I'll differ you for you guys because for me quick. it's wildly varying
2: so i'll tell you this quick story real quick and i understand it but i also think it's kind of interesting and i'm gonna get a lot of for this because <laughs> yeah. uh because i'm a radio man but yeah. uh my my chief what i, I went i had a lot of chiefs on my boat um yeah but one of my chiefs gave me or uh, signed my checkouts for a lot of a gang checkouts mm-hmm. and that's rough you know the though? he was qualified to do it the reason why this <laughs> happened though sometimes i some, did it just to be
0: a dick but yeah go ahead sorry
2: <laughs> so so i um, i totally understand that's a little yeah. sus wow um,
0: i Dude, but, I was qualified everything on my last boat, including like I could sign for the cob. I could. I was the assistant ship's diving well, yeah, just, off, so I could sign the whole damn card.
2: Understand? I'm did. saying that 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 was that was sus, and yeah. I understand why it was yeah, yeah, sus. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I'm given, with you. Given the, the I get it involved. too because I did it all the time. But go ahead. <laughs> but anyway, um, the one of the reasons why, like when the when that was happening, I didn't really question it too much, is because of the chiefs that were around the yeah. chiefs that were also qualified the same uh credentials to sign the qual the the checkout right that didn't seem to they knew what was going on but didn't seem to like you know it didn't seem to bother bother them and then okay uh that's the same chief that might have been around to sign you know the other you know uh a game checkouts as well so like you know I'm thinking like hey this is cool like he understands yeah. he he stood there and knew the knowledge that I gave for this checkout as well even though my chief signed it uh he when I go to get the end of card and go to do the board or whatever the case may be. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. We're not going to have problems. Skip forward. <laughs> to when I go to do my end of cards and get ready for my board, all my a gang checkouts got scratched. All That's so dumb. I had to do them all over again. And I was at the end of my qual process at that point. And I kind of understand it, but at the same time, I just think it's Dude. a little bit interesting because of, you know, yeah, the, the I, like all the reasons that I I kind of said before. Um
0: I dare somebody so, to scratch my signature because they don't think I should have given the check. You know, I'd I eat their I, soul. I, that, I, I, I gotta, I gotta soul. have a second on this. I hey, gotta hey. have a second on this. Man, Did, you you like, it's, 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 Did you write the CTQM? Did you write the CTQM that says I'm qualified to sign it? I'll play this game all day, and yeah, I'm, not, gonna, I'm, I'm not, not. I'm
1: not going to scratch your checkout. But I, back I'm when saying I, so on my
0: card when it
1: was second classes they were signing my stuff. Like I remember, and part of it was. Like I said, I think that ha- I think the way we do checkouts now and who yeah. who the who the qualifiers are, I think that that makes more sense. But
3: yeah.
1: part of the whole, I had second classes sign on my qual card. I had other second classes that were scratching my throat, and making me go yeah. other ways to get it and stuff like that. Looking back on it, I appreciate that experience that I had. It would, yeah, be I mean, yeah. There's there was a type of fun in games that I think we kind of lose by doing, and that's just one of the things. It's it's a con of yeah. doing the way that we do now. But I think that overall, it's good. Yeah. But I, I did it, like in <laughs> hindsight, that was that was fun in games that like, and I love fun in games. So like, that that was one of the things that I do kind of miss. I, depends is, like, on, and yeah. Like I said, the there players. is a level be that a becomes there. malicious. <laughs> there there is a level that I'm becomes not malicious, down, but. But yeah, Probably like I, I got a stand-up ask, had, yeah. I had checkout scratch, like yeah. I had check out scratch too. And, and, but part of it was just, some of it was just fun. Some of it was just for fun. Mm-hmm. Like I told you a story about the, you know, I had the fire, I had the FTOW that gave me that he made, made sure I got 50 lookups on my fire yeah. control checkout for fire control, Yeah. but I bought, well, I didn't buy, I had an egg ganger. We pulled in somewhere and I had an gang second class qualified room. I'm walking off the yeah, ship yeah, for yeah, Liberty yeah. and he goes, Hey yeah. man. You bring me back a pack of Marlboro Reds and and I'll I'll sign sign everything on your hydraulic (laughs) block. And I did it and it took where, because of where we were pulled in, it took me an hour just to get to this Whatever,
3: hydraulics, I'm in.
1: Yeah. And I had all these, (laughs) like, you know, I had to wait for the duty van and it was this big thing to like, it was really inconvenient for me, but whatever, I was was like, oh my God. So he signed it all. And then he said, and I'm going to swear here, but he was like, all he said was don't, don't fuck me.
0: Yeah. That's
1: all he (laughs) said. He signed it all. And he said, do not fuck me. And uh study before your block sigs. I, <laughs> and I did. Well that's the thing is I still had to get the block sig from yeah, his chief. So right. like, you know, but that you know, and that stuff that's one of the things we we lost. Yeah. We don't have a lot of that anymore because it's it True. that way anymore. But but that's like I had everything from that oh, end yeah. into the spectrum where Dude, a pack I, I of get cigarettes it. got me my whole block, and he still expected oh, yeah. me to know it. But it, it got me my signatures for that week, and it meant so you the, got that your Liberty and, port. I was yep. like, yo, that liberty port, I didn't get it. Like, I'm Let's a liberty, go, baby. I'm out. Yeah, and then. Uh, <laughs> but then I had a for my it fire control check. I big big got big big a big you big know gear, a whole crap load of lookups. Yeah. So it was like that, and now I think it's it's way more level now like which, where which you had this whole yeah. crazy ends of the spectrum and now it's a lot more level
0: and i get it level. like there's there's always like when i talk about a, a lot of things that i think should be reformed for the better i think there's always that tinge of like sadness where it's like th- there are parts of it that i look back on fondly but like dude when i was on my first boat i was miserable 99.9% of the time so when I look back at that experience and I, I it's like I filtered out a lot of the negativity man like I th- I think Definitely. about Westpac's <laughs> the sea stories I tell are gonna be fun ones where we had a good time like where we got hammered in Guam on Boone's farm and this dude named Juice was chasing us down the pier with a frog and then the M.A.s <laughs> tried to arrest us because we couldn't get like dude it was like Juice it it, it was he was a nuke mechanic that we can name for some reason his name was juice even though that wasn't i think it was because he was like he was like a buff diver dude and so they just to prove your point
2: about that filtering i mean i told Mm -hmm. you that story about that a gang chief scratching all my stuff yeah Smiling, I'm sitting here smiling, yeah. laughing about it. And it's it was miserable when it was, it, funny, when you know it was happening. It was so, oh, it was the I was pissed when it happened. Right. I, like, I would have
1: loved to watch that happen to you. I would have loved oh. to watch it happen.
2: Look, he dude. knows if he ever listened, he knows exactly who he is, and he's going to be like, you know, you know what he would say? He'd be like, "I do dang, it again." Like, <laughs> I, can, I, I would do I it curse. again. I wish I could curse. I would tell you exactly what he'd say. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, dude. But yeah. he's I, like, uh, yeah. I get it, and it's like there,
0: I have that tinge of sadness because I feel it feels like that thing that it's like like you're losing something by doing it differently, and you hear even guys, even like a salty second class on a boat right now will tell you like, "Man, it was better. I came up. It was back in my day five minutes ago. Yeah. Like it was better." And it's like, dude, I, I like I get it, but also it's like there's a lot of things that have changed for the better. And it's because I've I make the point that like back when I like when I first started out, man. Like, and I know a lot of guys that I've heard crazy, crazy stories from from way back, even before this. And like, if you want to if you want to see what I mean about how far we've come, and and like, granted, you guys don't have context on the Chiefs season piece of it, but that document a tradition of change. I'm actually doing a podcast on it soon, just like a, a heritage one, like to see how the chief season has changed over time and it's how like the initiation process was never, it, it's not a tradition. It didn't start till 60 years after chiefs like became a thing. Like it's, it evolved into this weird, like hazing ish thing where you're basically drinking your fish, but you're drinking your anchors. And then it evolved, it evolved when they started pulling all these elements from like crossing the line and all this other crap into just this hazing thing. And then they took the hazing thing because they didn't want to lose the tradition of initiation and turned it into like a heritage thing. So when you go back and look at that thing, there's like stories about people's charge books, which the charge, the history of the charge book that, that is a lot of chiefs still to this day will regurgitate is complete fantasy. What it really was, was a, a book that they carried around and a chief would Charge them with something, meaning like an infraction, and they would have to log the infraction, and then they would do this like uh, kangaroo court, like a like a trial at, during the initiation process where they had to answer for all their charges. That's why it's called a charge book, right? And what would happen throughout the season, like, um, and I think it was Mick Pond. Walker, I want to say, in the document talks about how when the the season ended, his charge book had semen in it, had feces in it. Somebody had peed on it. So he just threw in the trash and walked off like that's the type of hazing stuff that used to happen back in the day. Right. When I joined the submarine force, way after all that stuff, like by today's standards, I was sexually assaulted no less than 100 times. Right. Like humped, (laughs) groped, like Credit card slotted, off buttoned, everything you could possibly imagine (laughs) times I don't even know how. And it became normal. Like I adapted to it like I was in prison because I just decided one day after I had a breakdown, basically, and had I tried to I almost like tried to kill my leading MS. And then they sent me to talk to a chaplain because I was like the only time in my life I've got so angry, I saw spots Like it looked like you lighting film on fire. Like I was seeing like black spots and I was about to kill this dude. And then I went and talked to a chaplain and then I calmed down and everything. And I just decided after talking to my parents that I was not gonna call my dad and tell him I quit. And so I just adapted to everything and it was real weird. And so like the stuff that happened back then when I was getting my fish, like I got my fish tacked on. I got like, like I couldn't lift my, my arm for days after I got my fish. And like I, I was bleeding and like it wasn't it wasn't good. And and but I look back at it and I'm like, but that's a thing that happened. And it's there's a little part of me that's like, like, it's cool that I endured that or something, which I don't think any of it was positive. But like and I think I, I then later watched an A-Gang Chief. This is going to be the part that gets everybody to criticize me for talking too much, but I'm going to do it anyway. I saw an A-Gang Chief on my last summary when promotions happened. They um went through tacking on the crows but like what he did was he had frvs and he put a set of each person's frvs that got promoted in the machinery room and he had every member of the division throw a stitch into their frv crows and i I was like he when he told me he was doing it i was like can i come watch and like and i just sat in the corner dude i almost cried i was so moved by it and i was so excited that someone cared enough to like put that like piece of heritage like those kids are going to keep those forever those are going to get framed they're never going to let those go and to instill that kind of importance into that process like that and make it meaningful in that way it's kind of the same thing except that's only productive and like the way i went through getting my fish like that wasn't productive dude like that wasn't good at all and so like and a lot of those other things where they were creating the tension like that we talked about earlier like none of it happened in a healthy way man like i had like that now Cobb A-ganger, like just blasted me. Like the first time I ever tried to go to the machine room, I walked up to him and I called him by his name. I said, uh, I tapped him on his shoulder and I I like, cause he was sitting on the steps going down into the room of, the, of an 88, like right at the door by, I think the laundry room, if I remember right. And this is how burned into my memory this is. So I walk in and, I, and he was sitting with his back to me and I didn't know his name. I hadn't been there long enough. So I tapped him on the shoulder and he's like this angry dude with resting face all the time. And like, he's like fully qualified second class. That's a diver. Like he's that guy. Um, and I tapped him on the shoulder and before I could even get anything, I was going to say, excuse me, Petty Officer, like because I didn't know his name. And I was like that new to the boat. I was still saying that. So I was like, uh, I tapped him on the shoulder, went to say that. And he turned around and just goes, my name is Petty Officer, like Smith, whatever his name was. I, I know his name, but I don't want to say it. And he goes, not nah, tap me on the fucking shoulder and just like, get the guy out of here and like just start screaming at me. And I'm like, and he knows like he doesn't even he probably didn't even recognize my face. So like he knows I'm a brand new guy. But uh, t- in his mind, it was like, that's how you treat non And I'm like, so I like, ne- right. I like didn't ever want to go back in the machinery room, dude. Like ever. I was terrified of that dude. Like I still see him and I'm like, like, you know what I mean? Like I'll see him, And he's just, uh, he's, a mass, he's a massive, he's <laughs> a chief Cobb. Like he's not, I mean, we're the same rank. Like it's not. You know what I mean? Like he's, and I'm sure he's a way cooler dude nowadays. Like he was a second class. What do you class. think he would say about that? I don't think he'd even remember. If you, I, it, like I, what do you, like if you were, if you were to tell him that story, like
1: what do you think he would say? I think say, he'd like, now, like laugh. Not, like and after all this time.
0: I think he'd laugh and, and probably we'd have a conversation about how like stupid we all were when we were young. And it's not like I, cause cause on the flip side of that, it's not like I didn't do stuff like that. Like if you think for a second, that when I was a fully qualified second class on that boat that I didn't treat my nubs terribly you would be incorrect i definitely did and i there was favoritism there and there was like it was bad
1: i'm not leading i'm not trying to lead into the point that that's Mm -hmm. that that's useful or that that's that's exactly the way we have to be but at the same time like those guys the guy that you're describing Mm -hmm. those were the guys when i got to the boat and i remember there was like there was every boat that i've ever seen has had that same Mm -hmm. senior first tour e5 yeah circle of people that you know are hot on the boat yeah and Smile, those guys they never treated me well when i was getting fish but even while they were treating me bad i knew that's who i wanted to be you know was the guy that um, just knew it and owned it and protected yeah me. and those the problem and the I, problem is like I, I- maybe, maybe like maybe I, maybe it's just that my experience that they weren't they weren't mean to me like none of those guys degraded me it was just a matter of that's this is this is this is my place I, this is your place and maybe maybe it's just my experience was yeah. different but like the way i remember it looking back and i do maybe. appreciate what you're saying about that there's elements of tradition that are valuable and useful and not harmful and certainly all of those should be protected
3: right. and that
1: there are others that maybe we should evaluate moving forward i remember When I did my blue nose ceremony on my first boat, Mm -hmm. I was, uh, I was already a diver and I remember putting on this, we had a GoPro, you know, for like the dive division. So we could take videos of like the boat, you know, or diving and I put it on my chest. I put the chest rig on Mm -hmm. and I go, I'm going to like do my blue nose thing. Like as a, you know, as a, as a warm body Mm -hmm. and, uh, the cob saw me in the line with the GoPro on and was like, take that thing off. (laughs) You will not wear that for this. And, um, and like, I, kind of understand it now. And the, like to this, to this day, the blue nose and the showbacks and all those kinds of things that I've gotten to do are like, those are kind of what I feel is like the last gasp of the, the oldest traditions that we really, that we get to see, like the not necessarily, we probably don't see, I remember my dad told me about what it was like to get a shellback on a surface ship in the, whatever it was, the (laughs) seventies. And he, and on a surface ship, they had like dumpsters and stuff, you know, he was on a carrier, so they had whole hangar bays and dumpsters and, you know, industrial scale garbage to play with. I didn't, we don't really necessarily have that, (laughs) but like, you know, when I, and then so his, what he described to me was frightening, but to go through and do this, you know, you do the court and you do all the, you know, you get the charges and do all that stuff is cool because you know that even though it's you know maybe i wasn't going through it thinking of how different it is than it used to be i was just going through it thinking about how it's cool that we're still doing it yeah and that's the part that i really want to protect is that right. for the I, and sake I agree. of making yeah. it for the sake of making it not harmful to people we don't lose it all together right
0: yeah and i, I think you know, there's that, that that part i think is super important i think that's the path for sure and it's like there's this um, I think I'm trying I th- it might've been, uh, McPond hurt. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure, but gave a speech, um, about tradition. I think at the Naval Academy, it was like a Naval Academy graduation. And he said, somebody asked him like, what's the difference between, uh, good traditions and bad traditions. And he said, there are no bad traditions. And they were like, well, I don't get it. And he's like, he's like, if it, the stuff that like isn't adding value and is like um get, like goes negative because of hazing or because of malintent it's like that's not a tradition that's just like hazing essentially like it's just it's not something that you need to keep around because it doesn't add value blah 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 so he was just explaining that like if if it's a tradition it's inherently good otherwise you need to get rid of it and so it's like that analysis of if it is good then yeah i do think it adds a ton of value and does need to be protected and that's what's dangerous there is like they've talked multiple times about deleting the chief season and it's like i don't think that's the move but i think there's a lot of stuff being done wrong about it and i you could apply that to like everything and especially what we're talking about with like getting submarine dolphins it's like there's i don't ever want the value attached the i the the way that we understand the value of dolphins to ever go away and i think that by stripping away too much or or like making it not mandatory or something crazy like that you're going to lose all that value and it's going to turn into what like an e-swas pin or an air warfare pin becomes fleet wide like there are definitely commands that value it but it's not valued like in the same way dolphins are community wide, like universally, it's valued at a much, much higher level. And that was what, like, Rick West was trying to fix that when he was MCPON by making warfare pins mandatory and trying to model the process after submarine dolphins. He was trying to, like, install that on the whole Navy, and it just didn't take because it was, it was like it was too late. And I think. Other communities probably get it right, like for sure. Seals, obviously, their process is insane. But like, I've heard a lot about uh, expeditionary warfare pins, and I think that probably varies a little command to command. But it seems like they have a high value, like attached to. I would imagine, process, yeah, the process and actually getting the pin, and like, of course, EOD is very similar to that like to seals and stuff where it's like, they have like a whole pipeline that you have to do. And then you have to get qualified and all this other stuff. And it's like, so there's a ton of value attached and I think they should be the same thing. It's just, they're not. And I, I don't ever want to lose that, but there's just like, I, th- so this is, I probably a good time to segue into mental health. Cause like, I think that stuff like the submarine dolphin process when it's done incorrectly is one of the things particular like particularly on submarines that lead to us having sailors that are uh, like attriting when they shouldn't be because there's always going to be attrition in submarines that's just the way it works and there's going to be people that get through sub school and show up to a submarine that don't belong in submarines and they're going to find out that they don't belong in submarines and that's okay like they could still add a ton of value to other communities in the navy and and it is what it is but I think we lose really high functioning people a lot of the times because of the way the process happened, like the way that we just got done describing sometimes. And then a lot of that is also attached to like a bazillion different things. Like like Allison was talking about manning and like we're losing people and COVID and like all this stuff where, because you have unplanned losses outside of the submarine qualification process you have. um, Mm -hmm. Like things like COVID that are just completely outside your control. You have the stress of the Navy just doesn't have the inventory to fully man us anyway. So then somebody changes a number on their spreadsheet to make it green. And now you're divisionally gets seven people instead of eight or whatever. Um, and then you're going to see more and blah, blah, submarines are breaking, blah, blah, blah. So there's all that other stress that all adds up to the same things, but th- those kinds of things, like the reason I think they should be changed in ways where we're, more involved and and the process is like more of an educational process and less of like a, you're a new guy and I'm just going to like crap on you until you figure it out. I think that puts an undue amount of stress on the people that are like trying to, because like you already have all these other crazy demands on you and like how you balance creating the discomfort that I think is productive with not chasing somebody out of the submarine community cause they're not hard enough for you. Like there's a balance there because like it, it is a special community and I do want people that belong there. But like there was an argument that could be made at one point that I didn't belong there cause I wasn't like working hard enough or whatever on quals. Turns out I did all right. You know what I mean? So it's like, it. where's the line there? You know what I mean? Like I barely stuck around and then, clearly excelled in the community. So it's like, I I
2: think, I think there's like, that's what I was going to say too. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up as far as, um, you know, you want, there's always going to be people that just aren't kind of cut out for the job. Yeah. Right. It can't, it can't really, we can't avoid those um, outcomes um, like a hundred percent. Right. But to be honest with you, i think the only way the only thing that we can do to avoid uh losing good candidates or just crew members that that have something to give to the crew and the mission is by having uh, a high degree of focus on productive leadership you know because that trickles down into the culture of your boat the culture of your your senior guys that are passing on knowledge to these people who are in said quals and you know, it changes the way that these uh, junior leaders and senior leaders interact with those people um, who are in quals. And so since you don't know who's gonna stick around and stay and like make it, who's cut out for it, you know, as long as everyone's giving those people the best chance that they can within reason to be successful in that environment, then at the end of the day, if you're like, dude, like, cause you know what ended up happening? I ended up at one point, like trying so many different ways of leadership for one of the, for one of my sea pups, uh, when they came to the boat and nothing was working and then finding out that stuff was going on at home. And then I'm trying yeah. to get involved in like, how can I help you at home? Like I can give you a ride to work or whatever, just that and the third. Um, Hey man, if you don't, if you don't want to stay here, like you can come stay with me. Uh, if you need to, you know, like cause the home life balance was like a little bit rough. Yeah. And then at the end when, really doing all that i can and all that the leadership can trying to say hey man this is what you're doing today give yeah. I, giving you a, a literal marching order for your day-to-day qualifications yeah this is who you'll talk i dude i've walked to the people <laughs> who he was gonna go get the checkouts from and told them when he was coming told them yeah. when he was sitting on a cruise mess to study where he could get the information if he couldn't get it on a yeah. on a high side laptop there's these instructions and this locker, and and I was like, so and so petty officer, so and so knows you're coming. Petty officer, so and so knows you're coming at this time, yeah. like After lunch or before, you know, right? And uh, you those people will still wash out, you know, just like yeah, you did. Um, but happen, if you're yeah. if you're checking all the if you're checking all the boxes, you can though, and making sure that everyone around right. that around that sailor is, is 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 you know doing what they can and not being uh. Over, line, over the line, you know, as far as like crass and rude and yeah. saying, get out of here because I'm an A-ganger or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't hate A-gangers do. by the way, in case there's any listening. Like, it's just. Oh, they, it's it's the way it's submarines they work. The, the, saltiest.
0: Like, the way the submarines work. <laughs> no, dude, I'm a, is the <laughs> I'm a radium, and, and, yeah.
1: and I, I wanted to be an A-ganger like my whole first tour. Yeah. And the stuff oh, yeah. You're they're like idolized
0: the for sure. Dude, yeah. the,
1: well. I don't, I, the, I don't, I don't know. I've seen mixed. It's been a yeah. mixed bag yeah. with that, but like my, my first tour, the egg were just like that. The yeah. way you're describing the E five that was like mm-hmm. mad about why aren't you beating this guy to death with this yeah. checkout? <laughs> we all know one. Yeah. I, dude, I idolized those guys as my For first sure. tour. And I, I, I took the, I was the ship's, uh, DC petty officer my first tour because that was the closest I could get to being an a gang. <laughs> I took, I took that collateral because I wanted to like, I wanted to have like, like I wanted to have like, like, to have like the ghetto pass to go in the room. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Be You're in like there. A, yeah, adopted like, yeah. Adopted
0: it. Yeah. Like that was the closest the
1: I could get those guys. Yeah. And you know what? Some of them, like I'm still friends with now, Yeah, but, um, but yeah, like I, I wanted to be that, like, yeah. I wanted to be that real bad, but it, the, 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 it's tough to, it's tough to say a lot of this goes back to like, where is the line? Yeah. And, you know, with, when it comes to like mental health, we, we Ellison and I talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago about like the, the whole, um, you know, with mental health and like understanding the difference between, you know, somebody who's just not putting out, it's interesting to hear your perspective on you know being that behind on ships quals your first tour because obviously everything turned out okay and then having you know a couple specific things that happened that kind of changed your course or whatever yeah and that's what i think we were talking about in general was when somebody can has that that uh awareness to understand the difference between somebody who you know is just doesn't have the the aptitude or doesn't have the, you know, they they just don't have what, what we need for somebody to be on submarines yeah, or somebody that does have it. And that needs that extra attention or intervention or mentorship or whatever, right. you know, leadership. And then having the, you know, having the, the tools to act on that and step in and, and make that difference or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's it's really tough because societally we have this, this new kind of, things are changing with respect to like not only is, are that the, the resources for mental health going up in terms of like options? Cause I talked to Ellison about specifically um, military one source. And I talked about yeah. the fleet and family readiness uh, you know, that, that most bases have, but we also have embedded mental health. Right. And we have a lot, there's a lot of other stuff going on too. The resources are expanding, but so too is the need expanding. Yeah. And a lot of that thats what troubles just me. where yeah. we're at as a yeah. society. Like that's, that's a new, you know, that's a new thing when I, you know, even, and I've, I've been doing this over a decade. And when I started, it was, it was just, mental health was a totally different conversation. Yeah, and for sure a lot, in society, it was a lot different. And the demand was a lot different. And so there's a part of it that I see the Navy doing good works in that they're putting effort into expanding the resources yeah. and making it more available for people. But then at the, at the same time, Sometimes I look at it, you know, subjectively and I think on the face of it, it almost looks like we're kind of trying to treat a symptom and not the problem. And, and, you know, and it's like, like the whole warrior toughness thing. And I made, I made memes about warrior toughness and I feel very strongly about the stuff I put on the page about warrior toughness, where it's like, dude, I got, I roll my eyes to go to warrior toughness. I don't want to go there and watch some acting troop from college yeah. act out these BS things and they yeah. and everybody's yawning and you got the one try hard guy is raising his hand every five minutes to answer the questions and it's like that I don't feel like that that's really addressing the problem I uh, feel like that that's just yeah I don't a, either. a knee-jerk reaction to a problem and I think that it is yeah. it is justified. And I do appreciate that. I see the Navy taking action. I just feel yeah. like that we're treating a symptom and not a problem.
0: I, I agree. And you talk
1: on your show a yeah. lot about the like the lack of leadership development at yeah. junior rates, yeah. because until you're a chief petty officer, until you're going to the senior enlisted Academy, there's really not any formal leadership training. And unless you have somebody who has that social aptitude to recognize and right. then address an issue, or somebody who has the training to do that, which doesn't really occur until a really senior point in your career in the Navy, you you don't you're not providing people with the tools to act right. on that. You're just kind of treating the symptom by saying, "Here's this training that everybody yeah. can have," and nobody cares. I'll say it. Nobody gives a shit about warrior toughness. Nobody cares. So
0: I I think I, I watch the videos. That's about as far as my like familiarity with it goes. I think what it could be. Is like the beginning of a leadership development pipeline that kind of kind of uh, creates better followers like the sailors that are better equipped to interact with leadership once they get to the fleet. The problem is when they get to the fleet, the first leadership they interact with is like a salty third class or second class who has zero leadership skills unless they have some other like life experience that is abnormal. Which like, they could, which they could, but they're going to be an anomaly, right? So, like, the if pro- we provided them that, we could, they, yeah, exactly. I'm saying, like, if they happen their way into that, they got really lucky, because, like, even yep. I was a dumpster fire as a second class man. I got there yeah. are guys running around the fleet right now that would tell you they hate my guts because of the interactions they had with me when I was a first tour or second class. But the the problem is, yes, exactly what you're saying is like if we invested the same time and energy and money that we are into something like warrior toughness in a leadership development education from cradle to freaking grave, which they're and I always got to like caveat the little asterisk is asterisk is the NLX stuff, which like the, the rollout and utilization isn't there yet to know how it's going to impact everybody on mass, in my opinion, but, and I'm pretty sure objectively, like they just COVID put the brakes on any impact it would have made since it got announced. But, um, they like to to invest heavily into that would fix a ton of these problems. And I think what you would see is a lot of like, so the mental health resources have gone up, but utilization is also skyrocketed, I think because we've normalized it and things have gotten worse for like the circumstances that create a, a, play like a sailor being in a place that they need to utilize mental health. But now we've made it okay for them to utilize it. So all those resources that have been created got sucked up like a dry sponge. And I've got an admiral standing in front of me at all hands calls saying like they're scheduled three weeks out. So like if you're if you're like something acute's happening, you need to let the chain of command know and then we will intervene to get you the, the resources that you need because you're not going to get it if you just pick up the phone like unless you catch like like military one source might be able to hook you up that kind of thing but like if you go to embedded mental health they're swamped if you go to like i'm seeing a mental health provider at a naval hospital who's trying to punt me out in town right now because i'm in a pretty good place even though i'm still seeing him and he's got there's other people that need to see him and and there's just not enough of him to go around and it's like when i got i had to cancel an appointment one time and i didn't have a bunch booked out like i do now And I came back from travel. I couldn't get an appointment for three and a half weeks. And I'm just like, and I was still not doing great. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, how is it three weeks out? But it's because utilization is skyrocketed because we've made it okay for these people that are still just as stressed out and just as undermanned and just as everything. But now it's like we've given the green light to use it and it's not going to hurt your career and you're not going to get your clearance pulled, which is great Except then now we're in the same kind of boat where it's like everything's gridlocked, where there's not enough resources to address the need. And it's like I do feel like we're addressing the symptom of a problem, even though obviously if they need mental health, like they should be going. But I don't think the need would exist on the scale that it does if we were addressing the real problem, which is most of those sailors are, are going there because of leadership. They're getting out of the Navy because of leadership. Like they're having like disciplinary issues because of leadership. And it's like, go to the meme pages. They're not making fun of chiefs for no reason. Like it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's the stereotypes exist. And, and I can tell you, I've met a million chiefs that don't fit into any of those boxes But not a million. That's too many. But you know what I mean? Like I've met a ton, but there's a bunch that do. Otherwise, those things wouldn't exist. And it's like the thing that always killed me was perception is reality is a fun catchphrase, but it's also super applicable in this case where a lot of chiefs that I've and chiefs messes that I've interacted with, been a part of whatever they like to say like, yeah, ha ha, but that's not me. It is you because you're part of the chief's mess and it is you because that stereotype exists. And if if like junior sailors not wearing anchors to work, perceive chiefs to be that way, then they're that way. Like whether you mm-hmm. like like to oh this on me, I'm not fat and I don't wear this and I don't do that. It's like, dude, like you're part of the problem just because you're a chief, even if like like if the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it in a way, but then you still have to deal with the problems that the chief's mess have because you're part of the chief's mess. So like if, if they're saying that your chief's mess isn't approachable and that's why your sailors won't come talk to you, you have to address that problem. Even if you're not the individual that created it, you're still part of the organization that created it. So you have to like deal with that problem. And it's like, it loops back to that responsibility that I feel like I have to the chief's mess in the way that I behave. It's like, I feel the need to vocalize these things because we need to be better. But also, like, I understand that when I go to a new command, like, I have to take a ton of time that I feel like if we were better, I might not have to take. Like, if the Chiefs mess just had a better perception by junior sailors because we invested in that kind of thing and leadership development and education, I wouldn't have to spend a ton of time walking around the submarine, interacting with everyone to build trust. Like, no, like, really, you can trust me. Like, I know I'm wearing anchors, but... You know, like, why do I have to do that? I shouldn't have to do that. If we were doing it right, I shouldn't have to do that. Like, I shouldn't have to enter every single mess that I I've ever been a part of, and like, interact with junior sailors in a way that I have to like make them feel safe and that they can trust me as a leader. Like, when we're sitting here saying that that's fundamentally part of our organizational makeup and it's how we evaluate chiefs on evals, it's like something's wrong here. You know what I mean? And It's like Dude,
1: part of that. It's like you could look at my like look at the memes that I've shared about Chiefs, and like you could say that just because people interact with it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true, but yeah. it certainly means that the perception is there, right? And that's what and that's the thing that we always say is that perception is reality. So yeah. if the perception is there, and you have to take my word for it, just look at the stuff that I say about Chiefs, because it's yeah. you know and it really it's a lot of it's fun and games, but yeah. like, the perception is there enough that it resonates with the community, and you know part of that is like. There's always exceptions to the rule. You know, sure. you could say, oh, something. about you can always. make a joke about fat chiefs, and there's always a chief in the Chiefs quarters that's, you know, super fit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think part of that isn't just like you can't just be the the fit chief in the Chiefs quarters and say like, well, I did it. Why can't you do it? And right. Part of that is that we're that we're missing that like mentorship. Right. You know? That that's what really makes the difference. Is not yeah. just saying, well, look at me. I'm not, I'm an exception to the rule. It's yeah. a matter of saying hey man like let me like let me grab a hold of this guy and like help him out and that's like that makes more of a difference than anything And I mean sure. and i talked about the other night about about mentorship and like that and i i hear you talk about we i think we, it was when we were we were kind of like talking shop before we started mm-hmm. actually recording when we were talking about you know your people that you mentor and stuff like that and i've always heard stories about people having these long time mm-hmm. senior mentors i remember Listening to you talk with Chief Bob on episode seven of uh, Ask the Chief about, you know, people that have Rick West as a mentor yeah. and like that's Rick West is like my
0: hero. Yeah, you know? he's the greatest microphone um, of all time. No offense to all the other hero, ones. He's a fact. hero, of my, And I, they all um, universally seem to agree. I don't know if that's true, I've but like always, they all pretty much agree oh, yeah. that he's the goat. Like, that was
1: cool. That yeah. was like the coolest thing was to listen to um, was to listen to Chief Bob's experience at the at the SCA about yeah. hearing other people kind of say the same thing about him, not just from or whether that was you that said it or him that said I, it. Was it either way, yeah. To hear to hear them kind of get that feedback of like oh the other communities felt the same way it wasn't mm-hmm. just subrainers because obviously subrainers yeah. are like that's our guy that's our yeah, dude right, right but to hear other you know but whatever either way that I've always my whole career I've 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 met and talked to and heard of people that have these like long time super solid mentors and I've mm-hmm. always been very envious of that and there have yeah. been critical points in my career certainly that I have benefited from you know acute mentorship kind of like off the cuff whatever but I've never had like a long term yeah. You know, one of those and I've always kind of been like, Where do I go for that? Like what <laughs> subject do I go? Like, oh dude. <laughs> yeah. Is there I, like a is there like a you know, one eight hundred find a mentorship yeah. <laughs> now? Dude, I re- you know I remember hotline on, and like
2: I remember being on the boat literally asking, saying the words to a chief, Hey, I don't have a mentor. Will you be my mentor? And they were like, I'm not in your division. I don't know how That's I can stupid. help and I was like yeah. hey. Okay.
1: And the thing is, that, is that, that part know? of that is just part of that's just luck of the draw. Like yeah. there are people that get that, and those people thrive for it. And then some people mm-hmm. just—it's not a matter of that they're not worthy of it. It's just that there's only so many of those people to go around that right. are willing, that have that, uh, you know, intrinsic desire to like grab a hold of somebody and say, "Hey, man, I'm gonna pull my pocket inside out. You're gonna hold <laughs> on to it, and and then you just do what I tell you to do." And, <laughs> and I've I've envied that. And I haven't, like, I haven't suffered for not having that. Like, obviously, like I'm, I'm successful enough. Like, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not sitting here jaded about not ever having it, right. but it is like, I've always, I have like my, my, my experiences that I've always heard people talk about that and be like, man, that would be cool to have that. And I just haven't had that experience. It's not that I don't think anybody has found me unwanting wanting for that. It's just that there's only so many of those types of people around. Yeah.
3: And I,
0: I don't know that I I, like it's another one of those things that I think if we programmed it in from the beginning, it's like I think that people like me that just kind of it's part of my wiring to like do those types of things to just want to help people. And I don't know. I think part of that is just the way I was raised and like my personality and stuff like that. But like I think I had a disposition for it already. But then when I came in, I think a lot of it was based on my initial experience, like based on my first boat Yeah. Like I was on a lonely Island, man. Like the only people that ever interjected were those two JOs. And it's not lost on me that it was two officers, like two junior officers that, that were the ones that rescued me when there was a whole chief's mess that knew there was a problem and they didn't do anything. I've never heard of that. they never even, they never even talked to me about it. Like that was what was so bizarre. I'd be super delinquent, all that stuff until the very end when my cob was like, what's going on? And he probably assumed that there was, prior chief involvement, but there wasn't. I never had a single conversation with the chief about, hey, what's going on, man? How can I help? Like ever. It was bizarre. I had very little interactions with chiefs and I never had a chief until I was like a senior second.
2: I think those kinds of situations fix themselves though. When we remember when we talked, I think one of our first times talking, we Mm -hmm. talked about having ownership over or, or, you know, it's kind of like having ownership over, over the situation and then also playing the refs game, right? Like you, you yeah. need to, you need to. When you were talking about the the um, the you and I talked about the eval system, and like, you know, people were complaining about you know whether it's collateral heavy or like actual you know qualifications and second yeah. and the third, and it's like okay, at the end of the day though, I'm gonna take extreme ownership for my own uh production. You know, towards that right. effort, and say, "Hey, did I do all that I can to make the next rank, or did I do all that I can to like do, you know, accomplish the goal?" And if I didn't, I can't really get mad at anybody but myself. It's yeah. kind of like the same way when you're talking about having somebody slip through the cracks or not being able to reach somebody. Like, did you do everything that you can? Are you, you taking extreme ownership of the situation, especially if these people who are falling falling through the cracks are in your division? Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and if the, if it's a, if you're, I would you know, expect that the chief's quarters should operate in that same way. If sure. They're losing yeah. crew members because they're getting washed out or whatever. How many of those chiefs tried to intervene? I understand that you guys got stuff going on. You got your own yeah. departments, your own divisions and stuff like that. But that's part the of the crew gig, is yours. Yeah. Yeah. You know hundred percent. I mean?
0: And that's what I was kind of getting at was that I think if we programmed it into the, the training and development that, cause there's like, some of the best chiefs I've ever met are not like me. They're like soft spoken guys that like totally different, like you call it like leadership style or personality or whatever. They're just way different people. But like, I think if all of them were programmed that, hey, there's people for you to mentor, and it might not be like there's going to be people that gravitate towards me, there's going to be people that gravitate towards my buddy Paul that's like super soft spoken. Um, always wants to help. Like he's a great dude, would lay down in traffic for his sailors if if he thought it was what they needed. But like he's, he's real soft-spoken, kind of awkward, funny dude though, really, really smart, always wants to help out. And it's like, so there's people who are going to gravitate towards him too because I'm, I can come on pretty strong and like people can like get intimidated. They think I'm yelling when I get like passionate about something and stuff like that. Like, so there's people that are going to be turned off by that and gravitate more towards a guy like Paul. And it's like, good. Like I, I'm not for everybody and that's a problem. And so that's like, if everybody was programmed from the beginning to like, to know that and to know that, Hey, there's people out there seeking mentors, that's kind of part of the gig. And so you need to be doing that, but you only need to be doing it for the audience that one, you can support based on your bandwidth. And two, that, that are going to gravitate towards you as a mentor. Cause some people gravitate towards me. Some people are going to gravitate towards Paul. Some people are gravitate towards you guys. Like it's, it just depends. But I don't think we do a good enough job of making that the understanding. I think people just expect guys like me to be that, like, oh, he likes being a mentor. It's like, no, no, it's part of my job. Like, even if I didn't like it, I'd be doing it because I have to. Like, it's part of my job. I feel compelled as as a chief just to to mentor whoever I can on the whatever scale I can. That's why this podcast exists. It's like I, I'm some of it's just I'm a masochist, but like I I feel a responsibility to help, and I think that if we made that the understanding and that was part of the part of the programming, which like we talk about it sort of like, it's more like um, suggesting like, Oh yeah. Chiefs are there to help and you got to help sailors and say, we're here for, you know what I mean? Like it's like this more general understanding that chiefs help sailors. And that's like what we do. But I think that it's, it's largely interpreted by chief selects as are going through initiation season as like their sailors, not like, everybody you know and it's like no like Mm. you're they're all yours man and it's like you can't obviously can't be everybody's chief but if i didn't try dude like i've I've, i'm trying to be the whole navy's chief and the whole internet's chief and everything else in whatever way i can and it's like yeah i do have a hard time keeping up and it's like and, and it's just gonna get worse when this thing grows thank god i'm retiring but like I tried to be the whole boats chief if I could. Like I had E-divers that would come to me. I had A-gangers that would come to me. I had Yeoman that would come to me. But it, it wasn't all of them. It was just like some of them from every division. And so it's like if every chief was doing that, I think we'd be in a way better place. And it's not like mm-hmm. there's plenty of versions of me out there and that aren't even like me, but that go way out of their way, like Christina Darienzo. And like like I got a bunch of buddies. that Like Paul Kingsbury does a podcast even though he's retired now. Jeff was doing it when he was – Active duty Bob gets on here when his bandwidth supports you know what I mean there's people doing it but I don't think there's enough people doing it even if it's not via podcast you know what I mean like there's a lot yeah. of demand out there and I think there's a lot of good that could be done in like in the case of of bad mustache over there uh it like it would do a lot it would do
1: do a lot of good (laughs) gonna get past this mustache thing (laughs) probably so part of this thing that you brought up that i really appreciate is the bandwidth piece and that's Mm -hmm. like one of the that's one of the problems that and i'll never forget i like first tour i had this you know we have this is like a pretty common this is more like ellison's lane we talk about like on Midwatch, where it's like hey you got a pirate submarine and you get to pick your own crew, yeah. you know, and that's like, everybody's kind of fantasy of like, <laughs> I get to pick exactly who I want from the top down yeah. everybody.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, like I, I had a chief at one point, it kind of explained to me that, uh, when I was young and impressionable that, that it's not like, it doesn't work like that. Manning does not work like that, mm-hmm. where you get to pick everybody that you want. Yeah. And that, and they also, you know, I had this guy explain to me too, that, you know, we're picking from the, there's a whole, There's probably a whole podcast worth of information to be discussed about the demographics that the Navy is pulling from and -hmm. and what it takes to take somebody from the civilian sector who has the capability to do what we do and then get them into the Navy and what things have to happen for that person to kind of come into our pool of available bodies Yeah. like I'm no exception. And I ask this people I ask people this question all the time about like, you know, what is it that led you to join the Navy? Because we're very like the minority of people in the Navy now are people that were like, I come from a Navy family on the enlisted side. Yeah. They're like, Oh, yeah. I come from I come from a Navy family and I have this pride of naval tradition or whatever. Or, you know, similarly, yeah. we're getting past the whole 9/11 happened, and I just had to do something. I'm dead. And now you just like,
0: described me fifty-fifty, like it's Navy family slash 9/11. I was a college student. I
1: have a I have a portion of that too, yeah. but there's a there's also a big part of it that was like I was missing some of the stuff that re- that was required of you know of people like my peers that went on to more traditional routes to success mm-hmm. that were like you know they had there's there's like a laundry list of things that are qualities that are suited to somebody who will follow a traditional path of success. And by that, I mean like what our societal expectation of success is, like go to college, get a functional degree, have a traditional career, that kind of stuff. And for me, I was missing, I was missing several of those things. Like I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have the, the the formal education background, the grades, the discipline, the personal mm-hmm. accountability. You know, the money, and yeah. there's all those things, and there's more than just that. But like, yeah, yeah. you know, those were the things that were kind of like what drove me to join the Navy instead of like go to college. Yeah, and a lot of, and I know a lot of people that even went to college mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, this isn't for me," or they didn't make it or whatever. Yeah, but it's like a mixed bag, right? Because right. in submarines, it takes like, it takes a higher level of aptitude than average to join and right. be in submarines. And then like Allison and I talked about this the other day of like, you know, there's, there's the there's the, the medical readiness and all the dental requirements and all this yep. stuff. And it's like, you have to in the, you, you can't be on, there's like specific medicines you mm-hmm. can't take to be on submarines. So there's like, it's, it really narrows down the pool of available bodies to pull into submarines. So right. in a perfect world, yeah. Like there's, millions of people who have what it takes to come onto submarines. But for the majority of those people, they don't end up on submarines. Right. So we're taking from what we have. And I had a, I had a chief that explained this to me really early on of like, this is how it works, man. Like, like bodies don't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. We can't just kick somebody off the boat just because you think they suck (laughs) or whatever you have to, like, we have to make this work somehow. Yeah. So who can we save and how do we save them or whatever? Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, to go back to what you were saying that I appreciated was about the bandwidth. And like, I understand that a lot of that is driven by bandwidth. And I remember mm-hmm. an episode you talked about kind of when you were trying to figure out when you were doing the things that were going to make you, you know, that we're going to advance you to mm-hmm. E9 and you talked specifically about what that cost you in terms of your, you know, the people that you were representing below you. Yeah. And I appreciated what you had to say about that because that's kind of the conundrum that we're Mm -hmm. in of like advancement and rankings and all that. That's why I commented what I had to say about your, your video, where you said, you know, this is kind of, I'm putting out the stuff about how to make chief. And I had those points to make about, here's why the journey to making chief is more important than the, than the the destination. It's like, you know, a lot of people kind of want to skip past what they're supposed to get out of their LPO tour and, and just for the sake of making chief. And then when they become a chief, they are less capable for having missed that. Like
3: certainly I could
1: have been an E five and qualified chief of the watch and then qualified dive as a, as a first class and then made chief first time up and then maybe never even had a chance to, to be an LPO at sea. Yeah. But then as a, as a chief, like what am I missing for having Mm -hmm. not have that experience? So like, the and so then when i get to that point like what am i missing first and this isn't this isn't of course like this isn't everybody this is yeah. you know this happens but it's not it's not the 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 test case or whatever like this happens but then the other thing too is it like for every chief there is out there or senior chief whatever for everybody in the chief's quarters that has that that attitude about mentorship and they can they have the aptitude the social aptitude to kind of see when people need that and mm-hmm. to grab a hold of them and like make that difference or whatever even those guys only have a certain amount of bandwidth because right. there's that balance of like, what exactly. do I owe myself as far as mm-hmm. professional development, and then what do I owe the people that I'm representing as far yeah. as my leadership? And what are your and yourself where is that to, balance? Because yeah, I could give everything. I could give everything to another guy, and it and it could mean that it could make the difference for him. But then, right. what is it costing me? Exactly, you know. Yeah, and that's that's, that, that's the say. problem. Yeah. Like that's been that's been my like that's been my experience for sure. Is that I've always been a collateral. Uh, I've always been a big like collateral holder and yeah. part of that has to do with the fact that i have a like a hard time saying no because when when a command <laughs> figures out that you're really good at something you're yeah. like oh well, you could also well, you do you could do everything and, <laughs> and it, that hurt me like yeah. I had to learn that the hard way that that yep. hurt me because it took a lot away from my ability to learn how to lead because I was trying to to lead but then also do all this other crap that was like this is the stuff I have to do to make chief. This is the stuff I have to do to, to, mm-hmm. to get into the the conversation at rankings is like I got to hold these things and I got to do all these things. Yeah. And you talked about that too, with your discussion on like the ladder and how, yeah. or whatever you want to call it now, it whatever the fuck it's, it's called still now. A ladder, is a ladder. It's
0: just, yeah, they, somebody, <laughs> you know, I was at some 10 years in the first time I had bullet.
1: somebody, <laughs> I was at Changing 10 years them. in the first time I had somebody sit down to me with me and, and, explain and show it to me and show me what the things were yeah but like but that notwithstanding anyway that the the you've got all this stuff and it's like the ladder drives the behavior and you Mm -hmm. said that in your podcast too of like it all all it takes is if if we want to focus the fleet more on leadership development Mm -hmm. pull some of this out of the ladder
0: yeah 100%. 100%.
1: Pull it out of the ladder. If if the ladder says I have to do all these things and all these things mean that I can be decent at all of them but not yeah. excellent at any yeah. of them, then pull some of it out. Yeah. Like that then that's that's an easy thing to do. That's super easy. Yeah. I, and if that's what you're going to expect out of people to get to get, you know, to be a part of the conversation at rankings, then then you're you're taking them away from what they're supposed to be doing to get mm-hmm. to the next level. And then once they get there for the sake of all the stuff you've told them they have to do, they'll be missing what yeah. you're expecting them to have when they get there. Yeah. That's the part. And the, like, that's one of those things I think it'd be super easy to fix.
0: It It is. It's just, there's no, not no. I like it. There just doesn't seem to be an appetite to do it. Like, uh, Admiral Richardson, when he was, you know, was talking about it, like getting rid of all these collateral duties or making them less important or whatever. And it's like, there was a tiny bit of movement and then it's just, they just stopped talking about it. Cause he got relieved. Cause it was just his time to go retire or do whatever the hell he's doing now. So it's like,
1: I'll acknowledge that there's a part of that that is that we just because we want for it to be that way. It's the same, same thing that that chief had that conversation with me about, Mm. you know, bodies don't grow on trees. Right. I understand that there's like, there's a part of that that's like, just because we want for these people to focus (laughs) less on this doesn't mean that the responsibilities don't still have to be met. Yeah. So like, how, you know, how do we manage it? Like, and that's the thing I told Ellison the same thing. We, we started talking about mental health or whatever. And I said, I hate to bring a problem to the table without a solution because there's a piece of it that I'm missing. I'm not a chief. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not an officer. I, I don't, I'm not a part of the development of the ladder. And I don't, I don't like when you, when you, when you want to give more, you have to take from something. And so like, yeah. there's a balance there. And like, maybe I just don't have enough context to really understand what could work better. So like, it's, it's yeah. easy to sit here and say, yeah, this should change, but I don't really know how it would work better because I don't know how we came up with this solution. And there's, like, I understand, like, I'm an MTS. I understand how we develop right. curriculum. I get right. that part, but like, there's a similar process for how we come to the conclusion of, like, the yeah, ladder. There, so well, there's a problem. Maybe, maybe I'm missing context.
0: There's a, yeah, and there's a, that problem will always exist to some degree when we're having these discussions on certain things, but like, there's, I think what generally, it will end up happening. is like, so I could tell you, I could delete a billet, probably two billets off of submarines immediately, but they just won't do it. And the way I would do it is just like, so I'll free up two sailors to do other things is like serving food in the wardroom. Just like make the officers go through the chow line then go sit your butts in the wardrobe, eat your food and then put your shit in the scullery. And now I just like, cause that's really what those guys in the pantry do. Like everything else could be done by the other cooks on board and I could just delete two probably one, two billets. I support it. There They go. They nailed it. And then, (laughs) so, so things, there's things like that where like I could, I could write a point paper and like figure all these things out and do it. So one, there's no appetite from, from officers that would have to make the decisions and sign the instructions or the orders or whatever to do that because they like getting served. And it's just like enlisted aides exist and I don't understand why. Like you could just hire people like civilians could do that job. But we send billets, like we send CSs that are in the Navy to go basically be. I don't like butlers, PC, yeah, PC servants, like you know, like they don't do certain things because then you'd have to call them a servant. But it's like to take to no, that's not true. (laughs) To take nothing, I'm I'm censoring. To take like nothing away from to take nothing away from uh, from those CSs because they're super talented cooks that that do a really amazing job at thanks for just ruining this whole train of thought i'm sorry no i appreciate what you're saying i'm sorry I like, to, to take nothing away from how, at some point. how great they are at their jobs it's like i just don't under and i've told my buddy is like high up in that community and and he's responsible for writing a lot of the curriculum so the instructions and i just i've told him to his face i don't understand why your job's real like and I I respect what you do because he's really really good at his job. He's like he's a f- effectively a classically trained chef at a pretty high level, and would do great in the civilian world. What I don't understand is why like why does a four star flag officer need a bunch of CSs assigned to them? Why can't they just eat food like a normal person? Like why do I ha- and like the entertaining at their house and all this cra- like it's it's these weird things that the people in power decided to retain because they're in that position
2: and they Steeped like it. <laughs> in naval tradition.
0: Yeah. Well, and though, that's what and I it mean. becomes more just, complicated
2: because like,
1: what do you think about like the guy that gets selected to, to go do that? Like, that's what a, mean? like, that sounds like a dope, that sounds like a dope. It is working at the white house is a sick job. Like, and so like, I, I think, had a guy, I had a cook come to my first boat mm-hmm. as a first class who came straight from the white house. Yeah and i can't tell you and i say this all the time about the power that cooks have because yeah. this guy came and we had you know it wasn't like a we weren't our cooks weren't crappy we didn't have a, right. you know it was like but he a big was on another like level like this guy he was on another level this guy came from the white house and he this stuff that, the first yeah. time he showed up asian night all of a sudden asian nights banging
0: yeah and
1: that's and like the difference it, be- he made, yeah. everything like that, dude. He made a difference that's, in that's like, the, all the of difference sudden, between was like, whoa, the food, the chow is awesome. That's now. the like, difference like between that.
0: a classically trained chef and a navy cook. And again, yeah. I love my cooks, takes take nothing yeah. away from them. But the A school is a joke. I was the SEL, I'm yeah. telling you from a, like super detailed experience. Yeah, like in 25 training days, I can't teach you how to do that. But those, the, um, uh, Enlisted aides get a lot more training, a lot more advanced training, and they get to practice the stuff every day at their job. So they get just this insane number of reps doing that style of stuff after they get classical training. So it's like, you can't, Like it's different. Like they, they, if I were able to put everybody through classical culinary training, which takes a lot of time, like if I could get six months to send them through a, a traditional culinary school and then send them like a two week Navy specific, this is what it's like the paperwork is. You would get such a better product, and then I could even make a case for all the like eleven twenties at the strategic level on why it would make us a better war fighting force. But they don't like. They, they, no one cares enough. Like, I, and I'm gonna submit a Jerry Maguire mission statement. And that's probably a movie reference that's too old for both of you, but. Like, at, when I am done with my career, like I am gonna submit a like a white paper saying this is what you could do to fix it, and this is why it would be so much better, and it would end up saving the mo- saving us a ton of money, and make the Navy really happy. Like, people on ships would be happy because the the dirty little secret is I have a fully equipped professional kitchen with very few exceptions. Like, the only thing I don't really have is fire, and that can be remedied in ways like really propane torches and stuff. But like, the only like I have a fully equipped professional kitchen. I have a workforce and I have a catalog that the Navy has the power to open up a little bit where I could get some really cool stuff. And I like, I can do amazing things in that kitchen and it's like, the dirty little secret is that we just don't know how. And it's like, is it a secret? Is it not? But there's a lot of like, I've had commanding officers that when I got to a submarine and did something crazy, they were like, I didn't even know that was possible. I'm like, well, why wouldn't it be? I have a fully equipped professional kitchen and a whole bunch of food items. And yeah, I have to substitute some stuff to like make it work because the catalog is limited because I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But it's like, it's stupid. It's they basically. Cons- so you can do it. They constructed a system. You can system. do amazing things. Go ahead. Even with
1: the ingredients, 100%, even with the ingredients that we get in the naval supplies, system.
0: 100%. But I could do That's a lot good. more if they opened up the catalog to like more, because yeah. it's, it's just gotten more and more restricted because they've built a system right. through the Navy Standard Corps menu and the master load list and all this other stuff. They built the system around unskilled laborers. Like the whole point right. of, of the system being constructed the way that it is is the understanding that our cooks don't know how to cook. Basically, like that because yeah, I've
1: seen a cook chief say like like that same the the White House guy that came. Mm-hmm. He like he fixed He's all fr- this stuff. And then at yeah. one point his chief said, oh, you can't do that because it's not in the menu. Shut up. Watch me. And like, and you know, like yeah. I get I get stuff like that. Okay. But like, you know, it's stuff like that that I'm like, yeah, you oh, can't. Right,
0: it like. But uh, so I, I get I get the chief's point. But like they so the the rules on that have relaxed slightly, like the changes that you're allowed to make. But what I'm saying is like. All you got to do is like th- completely just wipe the slate clean on this whole stupid concept they've come up with built around the unskilled laborers once you've trained them cuz basically it, if you classically train them like the civilian industry does yes it takes more time and it would cost more money on the on the front end but on the back end what you would what you would get is a bunch of highly skilled people that know how to turn any food into good food you could you could still limit them menu wise by just saying like look these are the ingredients you can use I don't care what you turn them into but financially like we're limited in this way which is part of the reason they sold the navy like they sold the navy sea corps menus like cost control and nutrition but it's all smoke and mirrors in my opinion
1: which doesn't make any sense because in in the scheme of things <laughs> it's the, a joke. this the navy corps menu is is an almost like Inconsiderable amount of money. It is. It's a joke. Like in the, in the context of what we're spending our money on. The submarine. A submarine,
0: submarine like, gets a, a fast boat probably gets underway for deployment when you're loading out 90 days of food with somewhere give or take a little bit uh, somewhere in the vicinity of like two hundred thousand dollars a full current on hand balance for a nine day loadout. The the biggest submarine crew in the navy that I was the chief of we got underway with closer to four fifty, and that was. Yeah. In excess of 120 days of food, two freezers. Whole I did a shore duty. 450 at, I did an
1: instructor tour on my instructor tour on my shore duty. They would tell us, hey, make sure you turn the lights off mm-hmm. when you leave because yeah. it saves energy. Yeah. And they've got the biggest power bill in this area of the United States of any building yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Be- and it's not the lights. It's not the lights.
3: <laughs> it's not the lights, dude.
1: The lights. The lights is like the lights is like two hundred bucks a month, yeah, man. It's yeah. everything else. And they'd be like, make sure you turn the lights yeah. off. Like no. And that's what I'm getting at. It's like, yeah, it's not the food, man. The it's food not. is not the problem. You don't need to cut. You don't it's need to, to to pull the rug but, out from under the menu to save a dollar. Like, but that's also, not where we're gonna
0: get our, our nut from. I I would venture to guess, and it's an educated guess, I haven't actually crunched the numbers, full disclosure. But if I were to classically train a bunch of cooks, they can then cook everything from scratch, which was a submarine way when I joined the Navy. And on some boats, it still is. But there's a lot of reliance, especially on like large platforms like an aircraft carrier on pre-made foods pre-made foods are more expensive because they're pre-made foods. So if I taught a bunch and of cooks regular. how to cook and then they just scaled that up and actually cook good food from scratch using real ingredients, that's way cheaper. And it's way cheaper scaled up times the whole freaking Navy. I would save so much money, dude. And the- Sounds the, like your next job is going to be a contract. <laughs> the, yeah, I know, right? It should be. The <laughs> best part is yeah. is when you get into the 1120 realm and, and all the other, I mean, those, those nuclear- submarine officers. But when you get even, even higher than that, but like we're if we're talking just submarine force, but you, this would scale up to everybody. For the submarine force, it's like we get all like in the weeds about like prime vendors and like all these things. We have to make sure the prime vendor has all the things we need to meet the requirements of the stupid menu that everybody's supposed to be using. Or... What I could do is just like, so if you were battle, like had a battle menu, they came out with this dumb thing where they're just going to force you a bunch of food and try to meet the requirements of that menu. If you forced a boat, a bunch of food that they didn't know how to use, or they didn't know how to prepare, like they wouldn't know what to do with their hands. But if I classically train them, you could just give me whatever local, like we could pull yeah. up to the side of any pier in the world. You could send me whatever food they have, and I'm going to make wholesome food delicious food out of it and keep the submarine at sea so when you get into the strategic realm even you can say i can replenish anywhere because my cooks are gangsters and they know how to cook so it's like like if you teach them how to do their job they can do their job better it's weird and so it's like it would change even at the strategic level it would change a lot of things and make the force more agile and and flexible schedule wise and oh uh, we don't have to love work. to see that like it's just it's so simple but they're just it, there's no appetite to do it because why would the navy spend money on cooks like you know it's what I mean like it's like when just, you
1: see the like they did you ever watch the, the the discovery channel documentary on the typhoon the the russian typhoon ssbn no the discovery mm-hmm. channel did a doc i'm super fascinated with check this, this, out. this submarine by the way but okay. like uh, discovery channel did a documentary on the typhoon and there's like a port there's a part of it where they're, they're the cooks are like mm-hmm. they're hand carrying like these whole racks of like lamb Mm -hmm. and they're like just slinging them over their shoulder. They're not wrapped. They're not like, (laughs) it's not like UCR stuff in boxes
0: and stuff. They're
1: just carrying this stuff on board and like, they're just going to use it. And it's like, we could do that anywhere. We could, we could just bring on, like, what do you got? Except you can't
0: because an army veterinarian didn't inspect it at the prime vendor facility and blah, blah, blah. Like you, there are, there are, there are mechanisms in place for like, if we're in a port like that, you have a husbanding agent that's not a private... and then Doc would have to do an inspection on it. So like there's ways you can do it, but I have to order the food in this formal way where the government pays for it and blah, blah, blah. It's not like you could go you could go out in town, buy a rack of lamb, bring it down on the boat, and I can make it for the crew. I can't do that. And there's like f- yeah. kind of pseudo famous submarine force cases where like they fished off the side of the boat, fish had worms, whole crew got sick, like stuff like that that makes so a it- case for it being a problem, but yeah. This is
1: a question that is like a commonly joked about thing, and I haven't made anything about it for the page. But like, I'm sure Ellison has heard this too the yeah. joke about like the
0: prison food you get,
1: you get, you same. do a stores, yeah, you do That's a stores load, and it's like, yeah. and people say shit about like it says on the box, no, it it's rejected for
0: no, whatever. Like, <laughs> we're getting the same this, food, I'm not a cook, so I don't know. You're getting the same food from the same vendors that a lot of restaurants out in town do, they're not real good restaurants, like so. Uh, u.s (laughs) Foods, Cisco, um, Texas Roadhouse. No, like the the vendors that you get the supplies for to. My girl's getting mad. You said that what? Cisco Prime (laughs) Vendor. Texas Roadhouse. She loves Texas 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 Roadhouse. She loves it. The The buns do, but the so the yeah yeah, U S Foods, um Cisco. Trying to think, there's a couple others like big vendors that it's like a ton of chain restaurants use them. So it's like you're getting the same food you'd be getting at like an Olive Garden or a whatever. Like I mean, huge nationwide chains have their own supply chain, but like
1: big So the classical joke about rejected food, it's expired not true food at all. is
0: bullshit. Yeah, it's complete garbage. All right, cool. Yeah, it's not even a little I just true. want it to
3: be
1: on the air. Yeah, I want it to just it's, say It's it on not the air even cause... a little
0: true. And it's like they're the the only label you'll ever see that falls in that ballpark is for institutional use only, which is I don't know why they label them that way. I've never dug into it, but it's like they're talking about like uh, large scale cafeteria style things. So that does apply to prisons and it also applies to the military and colleges and universities and all kinds of other places. So it's like, that's the closest thing you'll ever see is it says for institutional use only. Um, I don't know why they label it that way, but whatever it's. And it's not high quality food. Like we're not getting the best food, but it's like it's not bad. Like you're not getting. No, it. but to go back to what you're saying, yeah. like if you're classically trained, then. Yeah, you, can make, you get, ridiculous ridiculous like can make ridiculous food go. out of it. Yeah. And it's like I'm sure the White House kid was like frustrated by the catalog and some of the limitations a little bit, but he was also a submariner that knew what he was getting into and he was applying his way broader skill set and experience to the limited tools yeah. that, that he had. And I was the same way where a bunch of industry experience and a fancy culinary degree and I came back to my second boat and I applied all that and it blew their mind like I made I got a NAM for making truffles like chocolate truffles I made ganache coated them and put them little toppings on them for it was for a TRE My CO. I got memes about that. Dude, my CO, his brain (laughs) melted. And I was like laughing when I was getting awarded this NAM on cruise mess. I couldn't believe I was getting it. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing. And it was even more funny because leaving my first submarine, my chief had to go to war with our XO on why I deserved uh, NAM for my end tour. I'd never gotten a NAM previously. Like Cooks, I, Cooks, wow. Cooks got flag letters. The rest of the crew got NAMs. So like the FTOW would get a NAM. Wow. The RMOW would get a NAM. Everybody would get a NAM except Cooks, including my chief. At the last, I did a, my third Westpac. My chief even got a letter, and every other chief got a. Whoa. nam. Every other chief got a NAM. My chief was furious. was he qualified to like chief of the watch and shit. He so he was previously. I don't remember if he got qualified on that boat because he was a boomer guy his whole career. And I, he wow. was for sure qualified on his, his first boat. He's a really young chief, too. That's wild. But I don't know if he got requalified. I, I, I don't he's retired now, I'd have to ask him. But he was I mean, he was a great chief, did a great job. But it's like it it didn't even matter because there were other chiefs that weren't standing it or qualified it. That every single chief on the submarine got a NAM except for him. Yeah. And so it was like so what's your, what's your, that boat I what's got. your on, original
1: point about like uh like your original point? Was that about mm-hmm. like you're, so like saying that you know cooks getting these like deals to like flag aids and like cooking and all this stuff. Are you saying that that's unnecessary? I'm that saying
0: that the personal enlisted aids is ridiculous. The enlisted, but those guys the, get the classical so, training and
1: stuff that you're complaining about not providing to the fleet. 100. percent right? Yes, they all do. So like, it's in not. The, in it's the way, not as like, In a certain as, way, there's like a they, well. It's not a give and take. Sort of. It's not as like in depth. When you take a guy that's like everybody has to like every for every rate there's like there's like a kind of a higher echelon of like if i'm like if i'm the cream of the crop guy. sure what what cool things can i get selected for? so like and for cooks one of those things is like that type of like white house level right whatever and i remember i remember my buddy telling me about like you know all the stuff that he got to do with yeah. the white house the, the license they had to like create was crazy because they had they were shopping. They, they could shop anywhere. Yeah, And it was the president telling them, this is what I like. And then they would go out and make that. But like, if you get a guy like that and he and you say, like, because there's the one part of that that says, Hey, this is unnecessary. And we don't necessarily need to take bodies for this. But, right. but the I'm other not, side of that same coin is what that provides to the fleet is you take a guy that gets the yeah, classical training see, that the rest of it the the doesn't realm. get. And then you feed him, you feed him back to the fleet. Almost never happens. And then
0: Almost never. Well, happens. I don't know. Still, I didn't know I, that. I, I didn't so know that. Yeah, there is there is a line in our east. So first of all, I, let me rewind because there's some points I want to make that I just want to be clear. I'm not advocating for like abolishing the enlisted community. I think the White House, Camp David. There's a bunch of like shore duties. That are really cool and because there's a people don't understand that there's a really wide variety of jobs at the White House that those cooks go do and they're not all following the president around. That's not that's there's only like one guy that gets to do that. But the the personal aides to like the personal enlisted aides that like cook and entertain at like the four stars house and all that crap like that, I think is insane. But the idea that there are those jobs to go to where enlisted aides are like at the White House and Camp David and certain jobs like that at the Pentagon, I think that's amazing. I think it's a really cool experience. I, I think it's great that there's that community for them to go to and that they do get that advanced training and the ability to do those things. With enlisted aides, if you go into the enlisted aid community and you're good at it, you almost never leave. Um, they, they inserted oh, wow. a line into our ECP or our ladder that says... If a and I'm trying to don't quote me on this, but it basically says if you do greater than two consecutive tours or a certain number of years, it should be it's you're effectively ducking sea duty and it should be viewed negatively because it happens all the time where they get into the enlisted aid community. Yeah, they get in the enlisted aid community. There are people that have been in D.C. for 20 years that just never. So the
2: goal is. So That's per what your ladder, CSC actually. Mm-hmm. So the per
1: per your ladder, if you get into that community, the goal is you either you either look like you like you weren't good enough, or you look like you were good enough. Kind and to look like you were good enough. Per your ladder means that you never come back to the community. No, so bring it, that classical training back to the to the submarine.
0: What from. I'm saying, what happens and what the ladder says are two different things. The ladder is trying to encourage exactly what you described, where those people bring that experience back to the fleet. What generally happens is if if you're good and the elicited enlisted enlisted a community wants to keep you, they just keep you and you never go back to sea again. You'll drop your sub-designator and they'll just keep you in the illicit a community forever. For as like long you, as you want to stay. It's not
2: like you won't make rank either. So,
0: right. And you will make rank because you'll drop your sub-designator. So you'll become a surface CS. Mm. And then you get reviewed at the board as a surface CS. And so the standards are a little different there. But the what's supposed to happen even with the surface enlisted aids is that they're supposed to, and this is, but it's a recent change because they were doing this is they wrote into the ECP that you can't do greater than and I, and I think it's two consecutive tours. And then they put like, cause you could do one, you could stay at one command for like eight years to get around it. So it's like they put, I think it says two consecutive tours and no greater than like six straight years or eight straight years or something like that. Um, regardless of what it says, it they put a limiter on it recently because all these illicit aides were just hiding in the in, in the illicit aid community. And still getting promoted all the way to Master Chief or picking up Warren or doing whatever they're doing. So that experience never does get back to the fleet. It was never designed that way at the beginning. It just morphed into okay. this thing because they have the power and because like admirals have the the ability to just by name request people. So that's what will happen. Yeah, I, mean, I like this guy. I want to yeah, keep him. Yeah, I want to keep mm-hmm. him forever. And that's what that happens where a guy will follow an admiral around the Navy until they both yeah. retire. Yeah, that's not unique. That's not unique to the enlisted aid community. Sure, it's not. And I'm not not saying that it is, but what I am saying is that it shouldn't be happening that way. And I I think that you should be going to the White House or Camp David or whatever, getting all that valuable experience, enjoying that insanely cool shore duty, and then bringing that experience back to the fleet. If you're a submariner, you're a submariner. You go back to a submarine next. And that applies to everybody Oh, including almost me, like they were trying to get me to go do another like force level job. And I was just like, not interested, but like the discussion with the detailer, when you first start is that like, you're going back to a submarine to be a cook chief. If you're not going to be a cob and you want to stay in the Navy, you're going back to a submarine. And for me, because there's a, a there's not, a, not that many in rate master chiefs. They were saying like, well, we have to have somebody in this Tycon billet. And I'm in like just below a Tycon billet right now. And they're like, well, do you want to come do this job next? And then if I want to stay longer, I'd have to go back to a submarine. Or be a, a cop like you just have to. And so it's like for me, if it's not unique for me, then like, why is it unique for any? And I just kind of did say it was unique for me, but that's because I'm a master chief and they there's two jobs where there's a, like it has to be a master chief at the Tycom level. And they I mean, it doesn't have to be, but they it kind of does. It's a mass chief billet. So they're just saying like they're, they would make an exception only for that one TICOM job because there was no one else rolling at that time to fill it. And that was the only reason. like they had no other person that they could identify. So they were like, well, exception to policy. But if there was somebody rolling like a, a super qualified senior chief or a mass chief, I'd yeah, they'd be like submarine or go home. And so, but then you're t- there's these enlisted aides that don't, and so it's like you know, and it, they are trying to change. It's not like you know the Navy is trying to change like force change by putting that into the ECP, and so these the enlisted aides are going to have a harder time getting promoted because they've been on shore duty for too long. They've been in the enlisted aide community for too. Long. It's like you got to go back to sea, like that's your job. Um, and for the submariners, so is that
2: also addressing is that also addressing special projects, guys? Um, so for
0: for cooks, the only special projects job is a normal LCPO at sea job on a submarine um, for like other communities. Uh, projects is something that you can kind of go do. But those guys. So like most projects guys spend a lot of time at sea. So like when, there's there are jobs where you don't and you can stay in projects your whole career and you might not be attached to a submarine, but you will go to sea like most of those debts go to sea um, in, and it might not be as much as an operational submarine, but they, they go um, and they do super valuable stuff. So like, I would say no, only because if they're in that unique pipeline, those guys are spending time at sea on a submarine. So it's like, it's kind of the same yeah. thing. And even the debt that we had on the special boat, it was like those guys, they were even provided the opportunity to qualify like supervisory watches. Like, if you want to qualify chief of the watch, come qualify chief of the watch when we're on deployment. Like you can, you're afforded the opportunity. If you don't do it, it's going to affect you, the chief board. So you, you're like you're in the same positions where they can be an LPO of a division. It's not a traditional division that maybe like an A gang or a radioman would be the LPO of, but they're still an LPO at sea. They're still uh, co- provided the opportunity to qualify all the supervisory watches that are all part of the traditional career progression. Unless they're mm. like, there's still ways within projects that people can purposefully avoid. C duty and then not be provided those opportunities, but it's going to affect their promotion. And like, in my experience, talking to those guys that have kind of done a non-traditional career path and projects, it, it affects promotion for sure. And yeah. it's, you know, yeah. and, it, and it's, but a lot of those guys like at the debt that we took underway, it's like, they didn't go up to control and qualify It's like, well, I wonder why it's affecting you. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're afforded the opportunity. And if you don't do it, then that's gonna affect you. It's like not getting your MTS when you're an instructor. Like that's gonna affect you. You don't have to do it, but if I have a bunch of candidates that did do it and you didn't do it, it's gonna affect your it's gonna affect how you're graded. Like it just is. And it's you can look at it like I'm not penalizing you for you not getting your MTS. I'm just giving them credit for getting their MTS, and that's gonna make a difference. So it's like, you know what I mean? And it's gonna affect your evals probably at that command and everything else too, which is the
1: yeah, like I realized after this last uh, this last cycle that I did not have my MTS was not in my record. Oof. I realized it because I got uh, I got orders to an instructor tour and they put NITSI in my orders and I was like Why uh, is Nitsy in my yeah. orders? And we had to fi- like I had to fix a lot of stuff with yeah. my like my record. Yeah. And I was on deployment, so I like I was like I was going through my record and I, we we put a bunch of letters in to fix well, we put a letter in to fix a lot of stuff Good. that we found on my record and then but then after the season, like I get, I get these orders to Nitsy, and I'm like, "Why am I getting orders to Nitsy?" And like, yeah. and so I realized later that the board saw that I went to an instructor tour, but didn't have yeah. MTS, yeah. and like, because it wasn't in my record that, at all. Because otherwise, I would have had the NEC. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, for I sure. Because I had hurt. everything else. Yeah. I
1: had I had everything else. Yeah. And I've got people around me that are saying, "Oh, that probably wasn't that big a deal." And I'm no, like, "I know that. It was. No, it. Was. I know that it was.
0: It was." And it, and it doesn't was. it doesn't mean that like it devalues I'm not every jaded about it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean it, I'm, well, I'm saying it doesn't, it. it doesn't mean it devalues all the other good things that were accounted for in your evals and stuff, but it, yeah. you took a hit for sure. And that you okay. might've just been below the cutoff depending on quotas. Like if you were super competitive yeah. in every other way, but like that you definitely took a hit for sure. It
1: just goes back to that, like that chief thing that you're like, do you made about like how to make chief and yeah, it's yeah. not just about like, there's a whole conversation to be had about like how, like how do I dissect the bibs and study from them Yeah how do I dissect my record and what's like, what's missing and what really matters. And then like, there's, you know, there's all this different, these different things. It's not just like, Oh yeah. The thing that's keeping me from making cheap is I haven't qualified to the watch and whatever. And yeah. it's like, there's more,
0: there's more than that. I and it's like, like,
1: that's kind of where that, that latter conversation comes into play. Like, yeah. what does my career look like based on the, you'd ladder? be the person that's what really
0: to ask too like, do you guys think there would be value in an episode where, and we could even be breaking down like your record and like going through it and looking at it as an example. But like, going like do you think there'd be value in me going ki- kind of line by line and just saying like when you because i I, je- I covered like what we can see but i didn't go in a gr- in a graphic detail of like when you're reviewing a record this is what you should be looking for and like these are kind of some of the examples of like what could go wrong and then like maybe even document submission and stuff like is that uh, you think there's value in that like kind of, I love for chief. You're more, the, yeah, that's you're more than, like, look at my <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Look at like my record. That's if fine. You want to go through yeah. and dissect it in a way that, yeah, look at it.
1: That's fine. Well, I'm Absolutely. saying as a, as that's, like a podcast, you, you think there'd be yeah, value sure. in that?
0: Okay. Yeah. might have to, to outline that and to, see, see how to, that Yeah, works I'm, I'm, I, I think, I think I'd be a great
1: case because like I've got, you know, a lot of the things that you need and I've had to go through and like make corrections and letters and, you know, there might be stuff that I'm still missing that I'm not looking at or whatever, and I've gone. Yeah. You know, I've got the eval progression, all this stuff. So it'd be interesting to look at, like, and you know, an objective, like, you know, just to get an objective look at my record and stuff. I'm mean, in. Yeah, I'd do it.
0: Hell yeah! All right, well then, stay tuned, kids. Me, Chief Bob, probably <laughs> new. Yeah, let Chief Bob new, look at it too. Shit. New infantile, terrible, smelly mustache. We'll do uh, a <laughs> new. Record. It gets
1: worse. Every <laughs> time we describe it, it gets worse. And, no, gets and they can't see it, which is what time. makes it so much better. It's I really think it smells bad. great. I'll post it. When you air the dude, episode, I'll post that. a picture All right. of it. Just a must've. right. I'll you guys want to wrap this thing are. up? It's,
0: we're at three hours and uh, old man's got to use Dude, the it's, so, it's, Joe Rogan
1: it's, podcast? It's, it's one o'clock in the morning here, man. You guys are West coasters.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Well, my wife will cut me if I go much longer too, but, um, we definitely need to do this again. So like I, I d- have designs on making this a series, um, but I'll probably come in with, with more of a plan next time I'll do a little research and, um, but yeah, we will for sure do the record review thing. I just got to figure out how I want to construct that. I think that would be really cool.
1: Yeah. I'm good with that. Hell yeah, That's a be cool. All
0: right. Allison, your face is frozen, but we love you anyway. Yeah,
1: just do it. Just <laughs> do it. Let's do it before, before letters are due.
0: Yeah. So I'll have to look it up because
1: <laughs> if you yeah. find something, yeah. I want to get a letter. No, yeah, on for that sure.
0: When, do you know when letters yeah. are due this year? I'd have to look at the nav admin. I, I mean, I'm you not know, as, June, July, whatever yeah, they something are like that. Yeah. No, we'll do it way before then. Easy day. Yeah. All right, boys. Thanks for doing this. All right, guys. It was fun. All right. I hope you enjoyed y'all enjoyed that. Uh, I definitely had a good time. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the mustache jokes, uh, aside. Like I, I really enjoy the conversation, uh, with both of them. We've been corresponding since the podcast was recorded a few days ago and definitely plan to do it again. Definitely. We'll do the kind of like a live review of his record. Um, the 69 fathoms guy, uh, we're going to review his record and kind of just go through all the steps. Um, and I'll probably, I'll record that as a video in some way as well, where I, I, I don't know how quite yet. Um, I'll probably use like generic screenshots from something else and just kind of, yeah, you know I mean, like almost like a slideshow again, because I can't obviously record his record live because I would put all his personal information out there. But I'll record a video as well on all the steps that we're going through, where the links are, where the, like how to find the documents, all that kind of stuff. Um, in, in, the, what the most productive way that I can. So you can get as much out of that as possible. But I, the more I thought about it, the more I, th- and, and talked to him about it, the more I thought there'd be value in doing a podcast on the, on actual record review. Like, cause you everybody says like, Hey, review record, review record. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean exactly? And so that's what we're going to tackle, uh, in that podcast. Um, and then, yeah, I just enjoy talking to them. I could definitely see it happening again. Another plug for, uh, junior sailors that want to come on the podcast as well cuz uh it's that's I want more of that perspective on here I just got done typing this long thing an answer to somebody's question about leadership on Reddit um and that those are the types of people that I would love to have on as as junior sailors that are having negative leadership experiences um, and to discuss those things, I think it, there's a lot of value in that. Uh, and there would be a lot of value to listeners as well. Not just having my, having the conversation with them, but also just like being able to put that out there as a resource. So if you're interested, hit us up, uh, or if you need anything else at all, ever, or, or want to provide feedback, anything, hit us up. Don't go up to shit podcasts at gmail.com. You can, uh, DM us on Instagram, at DGuspodcast podcast or on Facebook. Don't come up to shit podcast or Reddit or whatever, discord, um, I'm all over the place and I'm very accessible. (laughs) So hit us up, uh, let us know. And then if you're interested in coming on, same thing, just all you got to do is reach out. Pretty active on all the social medias. um, And I try to monitor like everything. But if you DM me, I'll get to it eventually, like within a few days, max usually. um, And uh, we can do it. And that'll be fun. If you want to support us, uh, if you want to support the nonprofit side of the house for the, the podcast itself, uh, you can, there's a donate button on the website. Uh, that would be amazing. But also, if you want to uh, support just the expansion of the platform and uh, the conversion of it into a business in general, and get some really cool Naval Pride and Heritage gear that you'll actually wear in public, go check out dgetsapparel.com. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram, at dgetsapparel, or Facebook, don't go up the ship apparel, uh, doing t-shirts, stickers, a lot of new things coming up soon, some really cool enlisted Deviant stuff going up soon. Uh, I'm just waiting on the samples to show up so I can QAM and make sure they print well. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of new stickers going up soon uh, and then those t-shirts and hoodies will follow. But yeah, I'm really excited about how that's slowly starting to grow in just awareness. And, uh, I'd really love it. Uh, if you all, uh, enjo- end up enjoying that quite a bit, it'd be cool. <laughs> Cause I know I just, it, it stemmed from a desire of mine to, uh, be able to wear some of this stuff. Like I just wanted some stuff that reflected me and my pride in the things that I do. That's not the super corny chief stuff that you see at the next or on social media, or like the super corny pride gear that you see at the next or on social media. So uh, I hope I'm accomplishing that. If I'm not shoot me an email, (laughs) tell me what you want to see, but it's getting, it seems like it's getting a pretty positive response. I'm excited about that. Um, And uh, yeah, that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And don't give up the ship.